The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Can you handle this? That's not that's not physical. It's like, can you handle being in a incredibly abstract place and your brain doing shit it's never done before? Yeah, that seems to be what happens if people can't handle it. Is the just the resistance of it. Just like, no, 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 and then that's the bad trip. Yeah, they say like surrender. And I've had I've had, you know, journeys. Joe, when you're in the medicine game, as long as I've been the in it, you call it game. medicine. Um, plant medicine. <laughs> plant. Don't you, it doesn't immediately red flags I want to punch myself in the face. Go, oh, my yeah. God, don't say plant yeah. medicine. Yeah, can't not say it. It's yeah. a, I, I'm wearing a fucking ayahuasca anklet as we speak, and I want to <laughs> I want to punch myself in the, in the other side of the face. There's so much jargon and lingo that goes with like psychedelic talk that leads to like cults. <laughs> yeah, it's not different at all. Did you watch the uh, the Orgasm Inc. documentary on Netflix yet? No. It's about that one touch. It's it's really funny because I heard it's great. It's great. It's just it all the same shit happens. It doesn't matter where. It's the I did a joke one time that uh, every cult at some point the the leader of every religious cult says hey god uh spoke to me and he says i gotta fuck all your wives yeah (laughs) without fail every every sink across the board wait all of them yep sorry guys i got that call yes send your wife in i'm gonna fuck her now god decided now's the time this one was different because it's a female leader but and it was based on orgasms but this one was like you gotta fuck him if you're having a hard time, <laughs> it, was, it was like the opposite of HR where it was, you know, you should, if you have a problem with him, you got to fuck him. There's a place here that uh, was a cult and uh, the building was for sale. I almost bought the building. I was like in negotiation. Oh, that's where you were going to have yeah, the club, right? Yeah. It's uh, the documentary is called Holy Hell. I still haven't watched it. It's on my list. <laughs> It started out in uh, Los Angeles, and uh, this guy was, uh, he would get his male uh, disciples, and uh, he would give them therapy, make them pay for therapy. It was like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. and then he would fuck Another them. hallmark, yeah. So and it's like pyramid scheme. Yeah. Yep, I gotta, f- hey, bad news, I gotta fuck you. <laughs> That's part of the deal. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You want to be in it? Real therapy. Part of the group or not? Yeah. <laughs> But it's just so sad. Like, listen to these guys tell the story. It's like there's there's some weird thing about human beings where they they gravitate towards a big leader, but towards someone who claims they have the answers and seems very confident and can speak reasonably well. There's almost like a cheat code where people just like they get locked into it that. It feels like order. It just feels like order. If you go, if somebody says, I know, and they're tall, if, first of all, if they're tall, that gets you like 60% of the way there. That helps. If they're tall and says, I know what we should do, huh? Good looking. Charismatic, good looking, fit, uh, attractive to women. Like that'll, it just makes you feel like a daddy's here. Mm. Some daddy's here, a different daddy. It's like, Oh, all right. That's what people like about Trump. That's what people like about Obama. Any most presidents are some form of that. 
Yeah. What Reagan. Yeah. Uh, certainly two termers. George W. Bush in a weird way. Form a di- you know what I mean? Like yeah. a sort of he George Bush George W. Bush. Guy walked like he had a fucking two foot cock. <laughs> guy walked like he had he had to leave room for two dicks. That's how wide his gait was, and he said he used to practice it. He practiced his George gate? W. Bush used to practice Come his gait. Really? You look it up. Yeah, he he would talk about it in interviews. <laughs> like we're can you look- imagine walking around your house practicing your impressive walk. Yeah. Well, that can you imagine? anyone more than him doing it it's like the exact guy that would do that like i'm practice walk um yeah uh bush's renewed confidence this is 2005 some folks look at me and see a certain swagger which in texas is called walking that's how president bush described himself during his acceptance speech at last year's republican national convention in new york city but for much this year the president seemed to have lost the okay just about yeah, but you, it, I've seen other interviews where he talked about talked like, about actually practicing his walk. Yeah, well, they're yeah. originally from Maine. You know, they're, they're like kind of fake Texans. Come on, Joe. Yeah, they were from <laughs> no, yeah, no, I know they're yeah. like they couldn't be more blue blood. Yeah, his dad, George Bush Senior, was head of the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is weird. Now I wonder if that would help him now politically. I was the head of the CIA. Uh, didn't hurt him then. Didn't hurt him, but only one term. Yeah, but that was because of, uh, what's his face? Uh, Perot, yeah. Yeah, Rosh Perot. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what's Look going here. on. Fucking yeah, guy's great. That, that guy, he fucking threw the whole thing out the window. Like the, when, when he bought television at time, like primetime television time, he was like, I'll just buy the whole hour. And gave the networks money so that yep. he could run his speech and talk about how you're getting fucked by the IRS. People at home were like, what the fuck? It, it literally was like one of the very first internet speeches. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. He made himself go viral and he appealed to people that were not. There's like a whole part of the country that's not spoken to yeah. by, I mean, m- mass media. I mean, you can call it liberal media. I don't even think. I think there's like a level that they just people just don't want to talk to them. It's like people that that aren't especially rich or sophisticated or any of the stuff that people think is great and they want to that advertisers want to appeal to. They just and then Ross Bro was like, "Look here, yeah," <laughs> and it's like a beacon for people. It's like a siren song. People are like, "What? What's that?" This guy and that, by the way, a billionaire. And it's not about people think it's about he didn't seem like a billionaire. That's the that was his like that's Trump's appeal too. Like he doesn't seem yeah. like a rich guy. Seems like, like a regular guy. That's funny, like Dr. Oz lost. How? Cause cause he seemed he seemed like a liberal. Fetterman seemed like a conservative. He by because I think so much of it is just looks. You can speak to this yourself. People are against you because you're fit. There are people that are like fucking meathead. I'm like, he's not a meathead. Fucking yeah, he is. It's because you look, you just are, you're, people wouldn't believe that you and I are friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're like, a. it's like when a turtle hangs out with a fucking python. <laughs> <laughs> and the turtle's just riding the top of a python. 
people go like, how do they? It's like we're we're uh, uh, unexpected animal friends. Um, the uh, so I just think it's so much of it is looks. So much. It's a that, lot of it is right. Way it, more than it, people would that admit. Saw the Fetterman debate would go. Oh, this guy needs help. Couldn't he watch. I literally it. couldn't watch it. I knew like that's gonna. It would. It feels cruel or something. Yeah, it is cruel. It's cruel to put a guy in a position like that who's recovering from a stroke. You're you're not supposed to be under that kind of stress. Want yeah. coffee? Drink coffee? I do. I awesome. need too much shit. You put a lot of stuff in. I it? put in all kinds of garbage. What are you, like I have oh, oh, Joe, yeah. I got the app. <laughs> the app. Menti soy misto. I love an app. Um, yeah, I get there, pick it up. Uh, by oh, the way, no. if you were homeless, would you ever? Wouldn't you just go grab food off the shelf at any of these Chipotle? Yeah, it was, immediately. I would just go right to Starbucks. Yep, it's like you're allowed to go in there. Yep. For yeah. and they go, who's you for Josh? Yeah, there's probably a Josh on the shelf. Just walk in, grab it, grab walk it, out. go over yeah. to Chipotle, get your lunch. Yeah, go to the park. I mean, it must happen. Constantly, but they're shutting Starbucks left and right because they're just inundated with homeless people. Uh huh. Yeah. It's like when they kicked those black guys out in Philadelphia. You remember? It caused yeah. A giant stink, and then they decided not kicking anybody out of Starbucks ever, even if you're not a, if you're not a paid customer, it's okay. And then yeah. the homeless people went great. Yep. Say no more. Yeah. We'll be right there. Isn't it wild that that one decision, how much did that one decision that that one manager make cost Starbucks by changing their policy and allowing homeless people to just linger around and smell like shit? And did they officially change their oh, policy? Yeah. yeah, they officially changed it. Yeah, they, yeah they that's what they call it. an overcorrection. A giant one, yeah. Uh, I, was, I read a thing last night that there's... It's like similar but different where there's so many people quit working at hospitals that there's now incredibly long waits mm. at hospitals like now and COVID's like low. Well, they fired so many of them because they wouldn't get vaccinated. All those oh, they, that... the, the thing I read said that 300,000 people quit mm. in the last in 2020 and 2021. Well, I'm sure there's that, too. Yeah, I'm sure there's quitting, too. But a lot of them just. They they had the option get vaccinated or lose your job, and they were like, "What? We went through this when there was no vaccine. We all got COVID. You fucks. Yeah, we risked our lives. We're in here every day, and now you're gonna make us get vaccinated when there's no science behind it. We literally have antibodies that are seven times better than what you get from the vaccine, and you're making people get vaccinated." Just for what? For a virtue signal? For so you can tell everybody that everyone's vaccinated? Like, there's zero science behind that. And they all, like, these were our heroes that were on the front lines, and then they fired them. If you were the, if you were the king of the earth, or let's say king of America, mm -hmm. which some would say you are, uh, if you're the king of America, what, how would you have handled COVID from February 2020? Like, what would you have done? Because I, I feel like we all have, like, I don't like that, I don't like that, I don't like that. I don't know what the better solution would have been. Especially when you consider stuff like hospitals and quitting and deaths yeah. and triage. Like, where in, at one point Wuhan was going to build, they built that hospital in a week, which America just can't do, shit like that. Right. To well, me, it was always a hospital bed issue. Well, it, it, in some ways. The, the, the problem, it's, it's a health issue, right? And you're dealing with vast swaths of the population 
that have very fragile bodies, very fragile bad health. people that are in bad health, yeah, naturally in bad health. In bad health. That's a Do lot. Do have people. never cared? It's, I would say, it. What is it? Forty five percent of Americans are obese. Yeah, something like that, somewhere in the neighborhood. And you know, and that's just obesity. Mm-hmm. Then you have these people that maybe they're not obese, but they have terrible blood pressure, blood pressure, and. They eat yeah, terrible foods. Their immune yeah, yeah. system shot. You know, diabetes. Yep. There's a lot of fucked up people in this country, and that was what it was exposed by COVID. No matter what anybody did, it was going to be bad for those people. That there is no if, ands, or buts about it. No matter what anybody did, that disease was going to wreck people with damaged immune systems. It was just, and especially overweight. A people. plurality of people, yeah. almost half, to say nothing of just old people. Right. I would argue there's more. Let's go 60-40 unhealthy to healthy in America. You could almost go 70-30. Yeah. I think you go. You could go 70 I mean, you go 80-20. I mean, you know what I mean? Depending on your definition. You're really huh? crazy. Yeah. Fit, you, then you're down to like 5%. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nuts. Like, it's not that hard to work out. But the the thing about COVID in that regard is that there there's really no solution that made any sense. Like when there was no vaccine and the medications were, were confusing, it was hard to know what was real and what wasn't. Hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin yep. and, you know, what about monoclonal antibodies and all these different and things. And it was always never clear what did what. Yeah. It's very, very dangerous whenever you have a new disease because you do have people trying these off-label medications and some of them work and some of them don't. And then you have a lot of pressure from the companies that are producing vaccines because they only they want a binary solution because that's where all the cash is. And then you have the emergency use exemption, which the only way you get that emergency use exemption is if there is no treatment that's available that's that's that works. So if you uh, are the person that's in charge and you stand to make untold billions of dollars from the vaccine, which they did, they suppress any information. I, about, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I'm wondering, it with that playing field, what do you do? What does the king do? You definitely don't shut the country down. You definitely don't. You the, I thought, the sometimes I think that, and then I look at 300,000 people quitting healthcare and I'm like, that's an unforeseen consequence. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, well, how about the restaurants? How about the small businesses? Yeah. So much of the suicide. Country, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Drug, uh, drug abuse and drug overdoses. And that's went from shutdown. From shutdown. So, yeah. and then you go, well, what if we don't shut it down? Well, then you get Florida. Florida had deaths, but if you look at it. Florida, first of all, is very old. A lot of old people. Mm -hmm. And if you adjust by age, Florida did better than a lot of other states. What what they did was say, we're going to protect our elderly, protect our vulnerable, and everything stays open. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Everyone's going to die. And it turns out, no. Turns out they were right. And the, the economy there didn't suffer. In fact, real estate went through the roof. A lot I mean, of that was everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, there in particular, because a lot of people moved there. I mean, their economy did well. You know, same thing with Texas. They, they didn't shut down. I mean, they shut down for a little bit. And then they were like, you know, we're going to open up and we're going to be cautious. And you should be careful of your own health. And if you're a person who's vulnerable, take care of yourself. Do whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah, I guess it's just the downstream effects of that. And that's, you know. You just can't shut the whole country down and expect that everything's going to be fine when you start it back up again. You, you disastrous results. And whenever the economy crashes like like it did with that, you have all these other unforeseen side effects of that. 
and you know a big one is people's mental health and anxiety and like how's that going to affect the rest of their life when someone works for 20 30 years on a business and you have a business mm-hmm. and it's up and running and it's getting by and you you're making a profit and and then all of a sudden the government comes along and says you have to shut this business down and maybe you've already had covid and maybe you got maybe you were one of the lucky ones where it wasn't that big of a deal and you got over it and you're like okay i got antibodies now i'm not worried and now the government tells you you can't work. You cannot. It's against the law. If you do, you'll be arrested. It's madness. It's unprecedented. Yeah. Never happened before. I agree. I don't think it's... Well, it hasn't happened... It hasn't happened in probably since the flu. That was the problem. That was the, that was the problem, is, was shutting things down and telling people what they can't do. And, and, and also having this like blanket solution for people, whether they're 80 and fat or whether they're 20 and fit, which is nuts. Yeah. Like you you can't treat all bodies like they're exactly the same thing. That makes zero sense. It's I it's as a leader you kind of have to though, right? You know what I mean? You you, you kind of have it does have to be one size fits all somewhat. Yeah, but you don't you don't have to impose restrictions. You can impose you could tell people that these are the best suggestions. In terms yeah. of what we should do to preserve health, but the reality of respiratory viruses is you cannot contain them. They've never been contained. No one has ever successfully contained a respiratory virus. If people are allowed to walk, and they're allowed to talk, and they're allowed to eat, they're gonna fucking spread it. No matter what draconian rules they put down in Australia or in China, it fucking spreads. It burns through the people, and then I mean, and a lot of virologists and People that are um, experts in respiratory diseases were saying this at the very beginning of the pandemic. They were saying, listen, this this has got to burn through the population. And, and most people didn't want to accept that. They were like, that, no, there's got to be a better way. No, there's no better way. When you have a virus that spreads through people breathing on each other, it just burns through people. You know, if you have the option to be on a ranch if you if you got a ranch in Texas and you got all your food out there and water and and you could just fucking stay by yourself for two years, yeah, you'll be okay. Yeah, that's kind of what Howard Stern did, right? Didn't he like? I don't just even know. Did that what he did? Went to the Hamptons and just stayed put. Yeah, built a studio out there. Did his show from out there. Yeah, never. I mean, there was a photo of him at a restaurant like recently. It was like the first time he's out in two years. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't. It was I. I not like I felt bad for. The, I just don't know what, I don't know who did it well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what country did it well. Whenever I go Sweden and then you, all these things when you do, when you start clicking links, you're like, ah, that seems inconclusive or contradictory or it always struck me as just, we don't have the infrastructure for that many sick people. Yeah, there's that. That's part of it. Um, There's also... And the wear and tear of like you can't make a nurse that like you're a nurse you can't just certify it's like being a pilot like you have right. it takes a fucking long time right right and that's yeah. what they're running to get up against now like big hot like one of them is like Mass General last week like a huge hospital in Massachusetts in Boston then there's people lined up in the hallway last week because there's not enough nurses there was one story uh, in the article I read that was like. They have 200 openings at a hospital and no applicants. Oh, Jesus. None. No applicants. Well, imagine if you're a person who's dedicated yourself to healthcare work 
and then they come along and say, you have to get vaccinated or you're getting fired. And you had just gone through the pandemic. You caught COVID. Maybe you caught it twice. I would also argue that there's that and then equal parts. I would argue more like that was a hard time to be a nurse before the vaccine. Oh, yeah. Spit on, oh, screamed yeah. at, misinformation. Oh, yeah. You're working for the guy. It's like. Well, just the amount of hours they had to work. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Look, it, but. Again, if you're fired because you're not willing to get vaccinated, why would you want to come back to that job if you right. could do something else? If you could find another way to make a living, you'd be like, this is a thankless, shitty place to work, and they ultimately don't give, give a fuck about you. I have a friend who's a nurse, and she was telling me how there's a weird coldness that some people in the medical profession get because they're just accustomed to people dying. Yeah. That it's a normal thing and it, it becomes normal. And then there's a coldness that sort of applies to firing people. It applies to, like, there's not, there's this thing where you're just accustomed to people dying. I like, was talking to your guys about this before we started rolling. Like, the, I'm of the mind and it's wildly uninformed, but it's kind of in, whatever. Anyone who goes through heavy duty combat is never the same. I kind of am of the mind that, like, the military wrecks people. Well, it definitely does wreck people. But some I, people, I like the some mid- people like a recover. lot of them. Some people are fine afterwards. It's Everyone is psychologically wired differently. And some people can handle extreme stress. And with some people, it's just a little bit of stress and you fall apart. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's nature or nurture. I don't know if that's genetics. I mean, I think it varies widely. Because I think some people are just innately good at pressure. It's yeah, really and resilient. Weird. Yeah, very what resilient. What do you, where would you put yourself on that? Oh, I don't Because it, it's, well, not, not. You don't know until you're out. Life, I would say life stresses. Do you I'm handle pretty, stress well? Pretty good at stress, yeah. Uh, do you find when they're, when you're doing a broadcast and they go, we're going live, three, two, one, are you like, do you tighten up even a little bit or are you just aware? I don't feel anything. Like what I do the UFC, I yeah. feel zero. It's just fine. It's like I'm here right now. Yeah. The only thing that I'm excited because yeah. it's it's cool and I want to do a good job. You're wearing an but, IFB and they go, yeah. Joey, we need you to do it, and you yeah. just go like, okay, yeah. Hey man, so what do you? Yeah, it's, there's never a like, oh shit, oh shit. But also, I've been doing it since 1997. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I've been di- working for the UFC since the 90s. So it's like it's so normal to me. Now, if I just had to do it for the first time, like uh, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and uh, we, uh, you know, we're talking about doing the O2 Arena. You know, we did this arena in London, and he was like, he, he came to see me there, and he was like, "What was it like, like performing in front of so many people? It must be insane." I go, "You get used to performing in yeah. front of lots of people, and then it's normal." But yeah. if it was the first time I ever went on stage and I had to go on stage in front of all those people, I'd probably shit my pants. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to do It's because it's a totally unique experience. But if it's not unique, if it's like you're – I've done a bunch of arenas. Yeah, well, you just – you're uh, – it's like altitude training. Yeah, like anything else. But I think it's it's just reps, putting in the reps, you know, and then when you do – like. Like, when I used to fight, one of the things that I found was if I fought a lot, I wouldn't get real nervous. I would get excited, but I'd feel real confident. But if I had, like, an injury and I had to take, like, six months off and then I had a fight, you're like, ooh, I haven't had that experience in a while. It's like the the familiarity of that experience is very important. Like, you have to be on it all the time. Like, 
like filming your special. Could you imagine taking six months off and then just filming a special? Like no matter how much yeah. you knew the material, you'd be like, fuck. Even though you clearly know how to do stand-up. You've been doing stand-up a long fucking yeah. time. You've been killing a long time. You know you know how to do it. It's not you know how to talk. It's not even a special skill like that you have to be physically prepared for. It's not like you have to be in shape to play football. It's not right. like anything like that. There it's is a talking. weird shape, though. There's like a shape, to, a There is shape. a weird... Conditioning, like a yeah. mental conditioning. It's yeah. like yeah. I'm used to... It's like I used to say it's like being a lion tamer where, like, if you're not in the cage with lions every day... Yeah. After about three or four days, the lions can tell. <laughs> <laughs> they probably can. They, I really I believe they can. They can. It's like those animal can. trainers. You see that lady that just goes like, to the peacock? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking, that's how you kind of have to be with the crowd. Like, sir? Yeah. And they can tell that you're comfortable. in your essence. Yeah. Um, but but no, it's also, they can t- you know how to be loose and relax. Like, how much time did you take off during COVID? What was the most time you took off? Uh, probably f- like with no stand-up, probably yeah. four or five months. What was it like the first time back on stage? It was kind of gleeful. I know it, because it, but it was they weren't the first good show was like okay, but the first like you know like on a like back room was really fun and like what did you do like what was it? Uh, it was on La Cienega, I think I don't remember the exact show, but it was on La Cienega, Mark. I always forget his last name. Irish guy, Mark. Uh, looks like homeless D'Elia. Um, and uh, he, it was just like, it, be, it was just some outdoors. Like me, I, I think Jim Jeffries did it, Ian Edwards. And it was just fun. Because we all talked about like, I don't need to do it that much. And then you do it, and you're like, this is fucking fun. Yeah, so you did, it was outside? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was outside. So it was like, that's a little weird. Yeah. Outdoor shows are already a little weird, and then how many time did it take before you did an in- indoor show after that? I don't remember. <laughs> what do you? What do you? What do you? What's your arc with this? Um, I went several months: uh, March, April, May, June, July. Probably five months, four or five months. And um, we did one weekend at the Houston Improv, but uh, then I got really high, and I thought, "Oh my god, what if I get COVID and give it to everybody, and a bunch of people die?" Like, fuck. And then, so I stopped doing comedy. I was like, because I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to places where you can do comedy. But that was like no vaccine then, no no real treatments. They didn't really understand what, what to do if you caught it. Mm-hmm. And so it was like kind of touch and go. I was like, maybe it's wise to not do this and wait until it actually comes. Because it was only like Texas and there was a yeah. few other states, Florida. There's a few places where you could go. And then I did it again in November. So it was July, and then I didn't do any stand-up again until, like, I guess, no, it was actually October. Then Dave and I started doing those shows at Stubbs. Right. Which was an outdoor venue where we tested everyone, and we had a COVID bubble, and we had protocols in place, and that was a lot of fun. And then I did indoor shows at the Vulcan. Uh, start from Actually, from today, this day, two years ago. Huh. Yeah. Great. And uh, I did the show, and I've told the story before, but Ron White was like, well, I think I'm going to retire. I, I heard yeah. this, this story. He was going to retire, and then he got off stage, and he just grabbed me. He's like, whatever the fuck we have to do, we're going to keep doing this. Yeah. It was amazing. Just a, he, was like, he was like pulsating with electricity. Yeah. You know? And uh, so from then on, we've been doing shows. 
But the first ones back, it was weird. Like I had to listen to recordings all day. Yeah. And I went over my notes and I had to like think about transitions and you have to like revive. Fortunately, I was in this similar boat to you where I was kind of ready to film a special right when everything shut down. So I had a lot of material that was pretty tight. It wasn't like it was all new stuff. Like if I had to just do, like if I already released a special and then COVID came along and then I hadn't done stand up in six months and then I'm doing like new stuff, uh-huh. oh, I'd be fucked. Yeah. Because you don't have anything. Did you, have you filmed, you haven't filmed in a while, right? I filmed in August. Is it out yet? I haven't done yet? anything with it. No, I haven't even looked at it. <laughs> Why not? I didn't feel like it. I feel like filming, it went great. I said, okay, good. Got in the can. I think I'm going to release it right around the time my club opens. And so my club will be open somewhere around February, March. Okay. So that's what I'm probably going to do. And uh, do you got a plan for a streamer? I haven't decided yet. You know, I'm very fortunate that I could do whatever the fuck I want to do. Yep. So I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. I might just fucking throw it on YouTube. I hear you. There seems to be no... uh, You know, a friend of... A mutual friend of ours named Dave Chappelle used to say... um, Good pussy doesn't need a pimp. Good pussy sells itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but uh, like Ari Shafir, he's at, I think he's close to 2.5 million now. And he's just been up for a few days. It's yeah. way bigger than any response he would have ever gotten if it was on Netflix. It was on Netflix. His, his last special was on Netflix for the longest time. And he's like, I don't think it ever got to a million. And, really? Yeah, and it, yeah, it's hard, man. What's he at? Two point four, two Great. million four hundred and twenty thousand. I haven't watched it. I was very impressed with the production design. It's great. No, like, he did a great it's job. like, oh, that fucking looks really cool. Well, Ari was working on that for a long time, and then the Kobe thing. I didn't happened. know he was Jewish. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and he abandoned it. He was actually gonna film like very close to when that Kobe thing happened. And then uh, he uh, sort of put it aside and started doing stand-up again and wrote a whole new act. And then, you know, I talked to him and I was like, dude, why? You got to put that out. Like, it was so good because he had it so tight. And it was it's cool because it's kind of evergreen, right? It's mm-hmm. not. It's just I grew up orthodox yeah. and it was fucking weird. Yeah. And it's, it's better now because it's like cause he's... Like as time goes on, the more you can sort of sit with a subject that's very personal to you, and then you know sometimes it's good to just put it aside and not even look at it for a while. That's kind of what happened with my it. show. Mm-hmm. I I did it in New York for four or five mo- four months. So every you did night it as like a one as man a show. Road, yeah. Now I, when you do that, do you have a guy warming up the crowd, or do you no. just go out there cold? In fact, no. You go out there cold, which is. Interesting, because you your first joke's either gonna work or it isn't. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so like you could sometimes they're primed. I would say the first joke worked eighty percent of the time, but sometimes you'd be like, okay, like you throw a punch and like they just stand there. And you're like, oh. All right. uh, <laughs> but there's some you know Cosby doesn't have an opener, right? Like there's a way to do it. Where there's something about it, I don't, there's something appealing about it where, where if you don't have an opener, you just go like, yeah, the first two minutes will be a little bumpy, but like, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. Did you ever see uh, Richard Pryor live, um, the one he filmed in Long Beach? Yeah. 
where he goes on stage and people are still sitting down. Yes. They're walking through the crowd sitting down. He's talking shit to them while they're walking and talking. A guy comes up and takes a photo at, like, stands by the stage and takes a photo. He's That's like, so this funny. Motherfucker. What are you doing? It's fucking hilarious. It's, he, I don't think he had an opener. I, think I did warm up for out. myself at the Netflix taping. Oh, really? Which was like, uh, I would recommend. Really? So you did different material uh-huh. to warm it's up? Eight minutes. I did like oh, eight minutes nice. and then just like, hey, just touching base. And then I'm going to come out. And then it's actually better oh, than having smart. like, when Neil comes out, yeah. I need you guys to <laughs> roar. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. Oh, it's Wait, so embarrassing. Those fucking talk shows when they have the applause line, uh, and then there's a guy that's like, come on, applaud, yeah. applaud. I always tell oh. when I do clubs, or any show, when they go like, you guys excited to see Neil? And then they're all like, yeah, and he's like, Neil's in the back. And you're like, dude, you're going to make them hate me. Yeah, Like, I'm in the back, like, I didn't get enough. They didn't seem excited to see me. Yeah. Uh, I did my own warm-up. That was helpful. Second taping, I didn't have time. Oh. So second taping was... 20% worse than the first taping. Really? Yeah, I was, and it was one of these things where I'm doing the show and I'm like, fuck, I should have fucking, because we were going to lose up. the venue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. And it was man. like, they took, the load in took too long. And I was like, mm. ah, fuck. And then, but by the end of it, the last half was better than the first show's last half. Do you know oh, what I mean? That really must pissed you off. Yeah, because it was like, like I could have fucking heard this the ah. whole fucking. D- and and that's the funny thing about doing a taping. It's a. I was asking about stress because there was a point when we, the tape day, I'm you know very involved in the production just because I can direct and I can do a bunch of stuff and I've done like my buddy Derek Delgado who's fucking excellent and has a show called In and of Itself on Hulu that's a magic show. I don't even like to call it a magic show. One of the best taped live shows you'll ever see what in and of itself on hulu it's fucking excellent um but um he's directing he's only directed his special so he's like i'm it's a lot of moving parts like they didn't have a lav mic for me they had a handheld and i'm like Mm. i'm wearing a lav and it's four oh boy and the audience is getting there we got to tape at 5 30 oh no and I'm like, the amount of just shit where you're like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill somebody. I swear to God. I had a funny uh, observation, which is uh, when you're, you know, when everybody gets the credit at the end, roll credits, if you get to give them all a grade, <laughs> like sound, B minus. Yeah. Didn't love the lav move. Didn't love the. Did, the was it just poor communication or just uh, a shitty sound? Yeah, guy? it's just one of those things where like there's a lot of cracks. Just shit can fall through. You know, being in charge of a thing and doing arena shows and doing a, people fuck up. Yeah, just by nature. Like you know, I remember Schumer thought it was sexism. Rock thought it was racism. When they started directing stuff and people were fucking up, they thought, this is about my identity. This is, they don't respect me. Mm. I kind of am paranoid enough to be like, they're fucking haters. And like, you can, I can easily lapse into that. And it's just people, human error. Incompetence. There's a lot of that. 30%. I I have a theory. 30% 30% of things just get fucked up. 30. 30. 
If I say, hey, I need X, 30% of the time, people don't hear you. They misinterpret. They go, I have a better idea. But like straightforward stuff, like if you're doing a theater and uh-huh. there's a sound guy who works for the theater, it's almost 100% works. Almost 100% of the time. That guy knows what he's doing. You get Joe? in there. No? You've had problems? I, Atlanta. What happened in Atlanta? In Atlanta, the guy, uh, I said, play Kendrick Lamar. My The joke I would say is, what should we play for your entrance? I'd say, anything but Eminem. <laughs> anything, because they go, like, hey, he's a white guy. He's affiliated with black people. We're going to play Eminem. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope. Don't. Please. Uh, and so I'm like, play Kendrick Lamar. Give him the song. Give him the time. Ten seconds in. And... Uh, it, the Atlanta show, for one, I came out to nothing. <laughs> and then I go, what? And they go, oh, yeah, he's a fill-in guy. Montreal, a bunch of shows. There was a fuck-up every show. Lighting cues. just. I, and I don't even... You get mad. It, it The taping of my first Netflix special, Three Mics, the, uh, the last 20 minutes of the second taping... There was a nightclub next door, Joe. Oh, no. Here comes the thumping. Oh, no. Thump, 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 thump. And you so my it. dad's dying. I'm literally telling a monologue about my dad dying. And the audience, and I literally had the thought, you, you literally cannot even think about it. You cannot even a little bit get testy it's not gonna help and you can't address it nope because i'm like doing a show how loud is it does it pick up on the sound yeah oh no the good news is if you're if i'm talking and there's a thump underneath me you're not gonna hear it meaning like but when i pause so we had to go through the sound and take out every thump (sighs) kind of by hand for how many minutes left in your set in the set 15 oh god and dude it's a monologue about my dad dying so there's zero laughs <laughs> and that's the kind of thing where it's like where you go yeah no i don't, again maybe it's just my luck maybe it's just like i just have bad luck with shit like that but you know at a certain like you know, it just shit fucks up the sound or the, the music or the Lighting cue or the a woman, the, you know, they just you. It's like I do the, and you can rehearse it. I rehearse it five times. Nope. <laughs> nope. So your thing that you did, the way you did it with this one man show, what was the motivation behind this? Like, why did you decide to do a special that's not nece- It's stand up, but it's not necessarily really stand up. You have like you have a presentation. Yeah. The the this one has a this one's called Blocks. The new one on Netflix. Well, I'll tell you, the, the three mics one, I did the Comedy Central special 10 years ago. I thought it was good. You know, good jokes, whatever. Da, da, da. People didn't really, eh. Like, you know, like 10 cult- years ago, though, Comedy Central was already in this weird spot where people weren't listening as much. Yeah, I agree with that. Know? The ratings were surprisingly good. It was just one of these things like, I didn't become a big club act. I didn't, it was just, I didn't have like, I n- I'm now a devotee. It was kind of like, oh, that guy's kind of funny. Yeah, but I think everybody got that from Comedy Central specials. Like, you had to be like Kevin Hart. Like, there's only a few guys who did Netflix, or excuse me, Comedy Central specials, and just took off after 
2000. You know, it was like later, like when you get to 2012, 2014, now you're dealing with streaming services, you're dealing with other things, and you just don't have as many people watching. And it's also, you got commercials, which is the death of comedy. Mm -hmm. You're doing these seven-minute chunks. Netflix and has split. commercials now, Joe. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. I know. I wonder. I'm like, I want to watch it. I, I wonder, because it's not, they don't even say, where do you want us to put the commercial? But are the commercials before shows or during shows? I don't, I have no, it's new, Boy. so I have no, I think it's during, because oh. if they're after, ain't nobody watching it. If they do it during shows, I will be very upset. I've heard that Shonda Rhimes and some of the people that have shows on there are like a little bit pissed about that they it's like part of the reason they went to netflix is because they wanted the just shit to play the way they yeah. wanted to play which well, i what get what is their they are they they lost a shitload of stock with the the chappelle thing like their their stock crashed i it didn't have to do with Dave, though. what did have it had to do with that because it was it, had a, to do it with was an earnings call. it was uh, to me my understanding of it was the earnings they just had they it was the first time they subscribers were flat or they, I think they lost a million at one point. Right. But it was also, there was a very big public response to the woke bullshit that they were pushing. And the fact that they would entertain that that special was in any way transphobic to the point where they had a, a, a they had apologized to people for this, what was essentially like a love letter to a dead friend of his. And to pretend that it was transphobic was fucking nonsense. And a lot of people were upset about it. I think it had, and then Elon Musk was talked about the, how so much it of was it was unwatchable. Number, it because was the, the number one. Elon Musk talked about how it was unwatchable, the woke bullshit that's on there. There was a narrative. And that was exactly the time where it crashed. Exactly the time where the stock crashed. There was, there was unquestionably, there's a narrative that Netflix was fucking up. And then there was cuties. That fucked up show that they did about uh, mm -hmm. little kids twerking and favorite, shit. One of my favorite shows. Yeah, it is. I love Boy Oh Boy. Is that I, still I on? must have they, watched can it. Can you still watch that? Or do they, they take it down? Joe, I would binge that and then I'd binge it again. But you did. You don't have kids. <laughs> my God. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't. I My understanding was that they were uh, not related. It's still uh, available. Timeline wise. Wow, um, still available. Fahim has a really funny joke about about uh, Euphoria, the HBO show. That's the one about kids. Yeah, and he's like, "Who was this for?" Yeah, because <laughs> if you're an adult, you're just watching teenagers fuck each other nude, right? right. <laughs> and if you're a teenager, you're just watching kids do drugs. Like it's just, it's like no one has, no one watches it with the right for the right reason. Right, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, like, do you remember Kids? Dude, remember the movie Kids, Kids is one of my favorite movies. I, I that there's some movies that are like that movie's like got very little plot, but you were never you know I was 19 and like lived in the city mm. and would just walk around. I didn't skate, but like I was like a a, a, just a little rat who lived on St. Mark's. Mm. So that movie... Spoke to you. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a really well-made movie. That life is super dangerous now with fentanyl. Uh-huh. Like it, it, was, it was dangerous back then to just be running around, being a teenager, doing drugs, but that life now is fucking horrendously dangerous. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the the you know when they somebody dies, you just go, ah, oh, it's fentanyl. Yeah. Like now it's if it's not, you know, it's Prince or I'm sure the Aaron Carter kid who died recently. Yeah, it'll be die? it'll be if it's not directly fentanyl, it'll be it drug use, long term heart. Yeah. You know, he was trying to come on. Was he? Yeah, I, did, I didn't think I would have a good conversation with him. He was just so. I've had conversations with multiple child stars. It's a sad reality that they don't develop. There, there is no redoing that. If you become famous when you are a young kid, you're fucked. You're absolutely fucked. Always, like maybe Jodie Foster. I've never talked to her, but she seems pretty balanced. Seems you have fine. to. You, I think you have to decide. I'm gonna stop. I'm have to take a break, and mm. I have to go. Jodie Foster went to Yale, I think. The girl from uh, Harry Potter went to school. If you make a concerted effort to do something else, to do something else, and you have, and this is a big one, you have to hope your parents didn't fuck you monetarily. Yeah, Ooh, I have a friend Which, who was a child star. He found out late in life that his parents stole like six million dollars from him. Yeah. It's and you real just, common. They feel like they deserve it. Yeah. I think there's a new law that protects kids, mm. but that's one of those things you just got to fucking hope, dude. You got to hope, which you're, Ooh. you don't, you handle your, you seem to have a, not a lot of uh, outside people or you hide it well. Meaning you don't seem like you don't have a crazy family. You don't have a crazy, like... There's not a lot of people asking you for handouts that I'm aware of, obviously. I'm sure you get plenty of like, hey, do you think I could? But but it seems it's like. It's mostly people I don't know well, honestly, right. that are yeah. asking me for stuff. Well, that's when it becomes family or you got to hope that you, you, uh, you know, that you just are in a good situation. Like I, I did a thing with that guy Giannis Antetokounmpo, the basketball player. And he's Greek and like him and his brothers are all in the NBA or like it, they all are pro basketball players. And it's like, and I was talking about, I was like, you're very lucky that you're all paid. Mm. You're all like, he doesn't have to worry about, um, you know, his brother. It's like, he doesn't have to worry about people. That's a real drag that family stuff. Cause that's it's a real drag. Because yeah. it's it can you feel bad? You feel bad if you don't give it to them, and you feel bad if you do give it to them. Well, here's what happens: you never are even anymore. You're never just two people talking. Mm -hmm. There's always someone who wants something from you. Yeah, and they're angling towards that, and maybe they're not doing it today, but maybe they're doing it and setting you up for something they want to do in the future, and you sense it. And you recognize that the conversation is very slanted. It's yeah. not a normal conversation. And that becomes really sad for people. And some it people. It makes you not trust anyone. Yeah. Some people feed off of it, though. Some people like it when everybody is like looking for something from them and they, they can complain about it. Uh -huh. and they can, you know, they, they like it also because it puts them in a position where like they're the, the fucking bell of the ball. Patter familiars. Yeah. Yeah, it's the, yeah. Yeah. You get to be like the come sit down. What do you need? Yeah. Which I don't, I wouldn't. That doesn't appeal to me. Just, and that that interaction, of that status thing, that, like, I need something from you, yeah. and it just makes it not very human. 
Yeah, it's not very human. And you, you're never going to have, like, real conversations with those people. Because they're not – if you, they think you're being a cunt, they're never going to tell you if they want something from mm-hmm. you. So, like, you know, if you're one of those guys that has, like, a, a, a bunch of sycophants that travel with you everywhere you go and they're always kissing your ass, like, you can get real delusional really quickly. Yeah, and weirdly bitter even though you invite them. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to a friend who's a, a very successful touring comedian, and he was explaining to me how he's having problems with his opening acts being entitled and asking for things and getting things and doing things. And he was really upset about it. And we were having this conversation. I go, dude, this is really bumming me out because you're killing it at life right now. Like yeah. You should be enjoying the shit out of it. And instead, you're focusing on these few people that are trying to take advantage of you. And it was like legitimate taking advantage of him yeah like there was some of them where i was like what just people like literally like showing up to fly with him and just uh, i think i had the same conversation with the same rooms person on his credit card he's like yeah. what the fuck yeah uh, and they're mad yeah. they're mad at him they're mad at him. that's the crazy yeah. part is like you it's the i think chris rock did a joke about it where it's like you you give them money and then they're mad. And it's like, wait, what do you cuz they because you represent their failure, their inadequacies. Because you're so Because successful. you're so successful. Yeah. And they hate the fact that they have to ask you for mm. anything. It just fucks up the balance of it fucks up the balance of humanity. It just fucks up like the the uh, which is, I think, also why shows like this work because you, you can only pretend for you know what I mean. Like yeah. you, it's just like you just you get a sense of what the person's like. Yeah, after a while, you. I mean, I guess that's why a lot of these celebrities that start these things they can't keep up. They bail. You know, like the Meghan Markles and right. the fucking. I guess she's doing it now, but Prince Harry was doing one for a while, and Bruce Springsteen and Obama were doing one for a while. Yeah, that like, was wild. Terrible. Like, guys, you don't got to do this. Please, I'm begging you to stop. Is there a is there a Patreon that makes you stop? You just can't, you just can't keep faking it. It's too hard to. If you have an image that you yep. like to do, Bruce, there's a way you like to talk. Yeah, like, you know, I'd like to get that guy alone. I would love to talk to Obama alone. Where he wasn't worried, you know, if I was like, dude, I, I promise you I will tell no one we're having this I've heard quotes from Obama off the record that are all very funny and very interesting. I'm sure. The fucking guy was the president of the United yeah. States for eight years. Yeah. And he's got a very unique background. He's a very, he's a very and a smart fucking guy. world-class brain. World-class brain. Best statesman we've ever had yep. as president. The most, the best representation of what you would want if you want the rest of the world to see what is like an an excellent American like. Mm-hmm. But yeah. can't be himself. But meanwhile, has all the money in the world and can't be himself. Like, how wild is that? Like, yeah. can't just fuck around. You know, I mean, if Obama just fucked around, if like Obama did a podcast and he had sunglasses on like Tim Dillon <laughs> and he's just like sitting back and he sparked yeah. up a joy. So, like, Let me tell you what yeah. I think about this electoral college bullshit. Yeah. You know, so, it'd be amazing. Yeah. You but you it. also know, I mean, it's there's things not like I don't think there's a lot of things you want to do that you can't do. But 
there's like you know there's I, it's almost like Obama is everyone's parent. Yeah. Like he can't be. Can't it's like crack. shit you wouldn't do around. You got daughters. <laughs> yeah. 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 You can't do that. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think that's the case. Well, that's the beauty about being a comic, right? Like, you're kind of expected to be at least slightly fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like you can kind of talk about whatever you want, and that's part of your business model. If you're a, a person who is a former president of the United States and you want to talk about getting your balls cradled, yeah, like I just like a gentle cradling of the balls, <laughs> yep, just a gentle tickling, yep, you know, like, yeah, no, 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 you can't you tell can, people you that. literally can't. Who doesn't like their balls cradled? Like, tell, what are we doing here? Are we yeah. pretending that yeah, getting you your don't balls like, cradled yeah. is not great? Yeah. Um, Why? <laughs> Why does he have to pretend? It's his whole act. He does like 20 minutes and get his balls. <laughs> he just so walks weird out gets his closer. He's in this beautiful suit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me sit down. Yep. Tell you how I like my balls treated. Yep. Can you believe? Uh, well, the the question I wanted to ask you about all this stuff is is how do you deal with the pre- when people ask me about you, people ask me about Dave, they ask me uh, the, like you guys are like fire brands. Uh, I always say that it just looks too stressful for me. Like the amount of times you maybe are even unaware of it, but like the vaccine stuff and you make a video and you, is that, are those days hellish, stressful, or you just like, all right, I'll make a video. Oh, they didn't, I fucked up the thing with their, I didn't fuck up or you want me to say I fucked up or like, what's it like in your body? Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on what the controversy is. But generally, I don't read anything about me. I don't even now. Like, it, like if I see some article with some bullshit headline, you know, I don't read it. I'm not reading things about. It. I'm not interested in people's opinions of me. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't take in all that. That is not good for you. And that's a, like a learning process. It took a while to figure that out. And if you stay offline and just communicate with people that you know and you meet in normal, real life, the world's fine. The world's Uh, normal. Yeah. The problem that happens with people when they get locked up in a controversy is that they start dwelling on all these different opinions on them. And they start taking it in and considering it and wanting to argue it. I never said it that way. That's mm-hmm. not what I yeah, meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These you motherfuckers and then it becomes you, this emotional you thing. You fucking prick. Did you see what yeah. they wrote? Like, that doesn't do you any good. That is not a positive. There's no, there's no benefit to that. Zero. There's zero benefit. So don't do it. And I always tell comedians, I'm like, those good comments that you read, those aren't good for you either. I don't, dude. I, the reason I wanted to talk to you about it is because... Uh, Yesterday, the special comes out, and it's a fucking big day, and it's a lot of attention, and it's a lot of, and I had taken Instagram off my phone because I was in- Want to stay healthy? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd been, I was in Miami, or no, I was in a Hawaii, and I'd posted a video, and then I was just like on in paradise worrying about the comments. And I was like, "This is a fucking waste of a of your life, dude." Yeah, it literally. Like, you is. have to not do yeah, this. Yeah. And I took it off my phone, and it was, and it's been great. And then I put it back on yesterday because I had to post something. That's what I tell myself. But also, 
I wanted some of the juice, Joe. <laughs> I wanted some of the fucking juice. Give me some love. Give me people. a little bit of the juice. Tell me. And you I love got me. a lot of juice. Yeah. And and uh the and it was like I liked it. <laughs> 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 the juice was delicious, Joe. Well, and you I was did a like, good job. Yeah. I'm, look, I haven't seen your new special, but you're a fucking hilarious comic, so I'm sure you killed it. Yeah, thank you. Which is great. So yeah. you're getting good juice. You right. deserve that juice. Yes. But and I was like, and I and I liked it, and I was telling somebody last night, I was like, I was like, uh, you know, I really liked it, and then I was like, but this isn't that's not me. And I'm like, oh, it is yeah, it is. It is me. I like the juice. Mm. How do I, you know, I, I obviously like took it off my phone again, whatever, obviously. whatever, <laughs> of course, <laughs> obviously it goes without saying, took it off my phone again. What? But, and then I think about the, the, I, I, I could feel the, like, uh, like patch, like being a cunt coming up in me. Just being a, like, just being like, well, yeah, I deserve it. And I'm just like, and I'm, and I'm, I'm uh, like a sore winner mm. where I'm like, you motherfuckers, <laughs> like I'm telling people off in my head and just like bat Mike Nichols, mm. the director who was a comic and he was in a, he was Nichols and May. He said, being a performer, he like transitioned to being just a director. And he said, being a performer brought out the baby in him Ooh. where he'd say, he would be like, he'd notice who had the bigger dressing room. Oh no! And just shit like that. And I obviously it was twelve hours of being. I called myself a despot in exile, <laughs> where I was, <laughs> I'm like in exile, and then I get like the country welcomes me back, and I'm like, there's gonna be some changes around here in twelve hours. <laughs> I became a fucking monster, and I thought about you, and I thought about Dave, and I thought about guys who. Chris, L, just people that are, it's Adam, Sam, like, big attention, po a lot of positive attention pointed at you, and you must, at a certain point, go, I have to make a very firm decision about this. Yeah. Well, Dave doesn't have social media on his phone at all. I But I, but I at the same time, smart. he gets sent every, he sees everything. He gets people sent send him important shit. things, with How, things that people okay. think are important. I tell people never send me anything about me. Well, that's somebody sent me a review, and I my public. I was like, don't, don't send me this. Don't Literally, read. don't send me. Don't I read. don't want to read it. Uh, people are entitled to their opinion, and they should express their opinion. There's nothing wrong with I that. I agree with that. But I the idea that, that yeah. you should participate in their opinion when you don't even know these people, and you should take this in, and then some people treat it like gospel. Like some people's confidence has been destroyed yeah. by someone telling them they suck. I mean, yeah. it really can fuck with some people's heads. It was fucking up my Miami, my Hawaii trip. Well, one of the things that I do that I think is very important is I work out really hard. And I think that resets my day every time. So all the other things, like, oh, I should read the comments, like, what, what are they saying? And then none of that happens. I just, there's no room for that. I'm so exhausted from that, like, physically You almost exhausted. kill yourself. It's so, a weird, like, near-death experience. <laughs> so I get to a point where I've wrung all the stress out of my body. Yeah. And when I do that then other stuff doesn't seem like it's a big deal. It really well, isn't. Because it's like you, the physical discomfort. Yeah, you reset your hierarchy of needs. Yes. You, it's, uh, it's, 
yeah, it's like I did a, I wrote a joke with Blake Griffin, the basketball player, one time where it was like, they're asking guys, they're interviewing guys after they've just, ex- they, they're trying not to, they're getting, they're trying to get oxygen to their brain. Right. Like it's a bad time to do an interview. Well, I was doing interviews with people after they got knocked unconscious. And, and I, do you feel, are you kind of like, ah, uh, I do you not like it? It's not a good time to interview people. They make mistakes because, like, you just had your brain shut off. Like, so maybe they think they won a fight or maybe they think something. They don't know what the fuck just happened. And it, there's yeah. varying degrees of that. Like, you can pretend, oh, he knows he's playing dumb. But you have zero idea what's going on in a person's brain unless you are them and you have been knocked out. Do they have a policy of like not doing that anymore, or you well, still I do it? Well, I said I won't do it, and then I fucked up and did it with uh, Daniel Cormier. But I was so confused in that fight because uh, Daniel's a good friend. I love him to death, and John Jones had just knocked him out, and I was in this state. This is not. Is this recent or no? No, this was a few years back. Yeah. I haven't done any like knockouts interviews since, but I think I did a couple of TKOs, and I think it's a, a judgment call. Like there's sometimes when the guy's getting fucked up, but it's really like he's just beaten. He's getting his legs kicked and punched, and the referee yeah. comes and stops the fight. But he's okay. Like he's not, he just got fucked up. He's not an out cold. But sometimes guys get knocked out cold, and when they get knocked out cold, like ooh, you're you. You don't really know because they went away. Yeah, and then they come back. Yeah, and it's and they're for, in an arena some some, for fine. some reason. Yeah, some guys are fine and they handle it with grace and dignity, and you know they're amazing at it. And that's also depending upon that knockout versus a different knockout. Like what happened to you that day? Like how bad did you get beat up before you got knocked out? Was it just one punch? Was it a kick to the head? Is a kick to head worse than a punch to the head? Even though both knock you out, the force of a kick is way higher. So. You don't really know. You don't really know until you're talking to them. And they, I don't think you really will ever know. Because a lot of people can talk on autopilot. And then they'll tell yeah. you. like they go back I don't remember to the, talking to you. Yeah, they go back to the dressing room. They have no idea they fought. And then they're in the hospital room afterwards. They don't know what happened. And they lose like hours of the night. It's really common. Yeah. So the, to ask them to But do I think you're interview. smart, to get back to the original thing, you're smart to reset your hierarchy yes. where you're fucking exhausted and you want to just breathe and get your body back to like a reg but and you still have all that like exercise drain slash tingle there's, there's that too there's like you you exhaust yourself which i think is very good for you my brother kevin it, it used to you of the stress used to jog every day to run the brennan out of them <laughs> like we got bad shit in us i have to run it out of me that's hilarious it's fucking very funny and hey and but that that's a smart approach there's so there's two things going on there's the physical thing where you're wringing out the stress which i think is very real and it makes you feel better and it's easier to get by but then there's also the psychological thing because to work out really hard is very difficult to do. And you think things are difficult until you compare them to things that are very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like very difficult things. Like if you have, if say if you're going on a hike in the mountains and you're going to backpack in and camp out. And it's 
14 miles mm-hmm. in, you have a 70-pound backpack because you have all your food, you have your bedding, you have a tent, you have all this shit on your back, you and your friends, and you're walking 13, 14 miles in. Mm-hmm. That's fucking hard. Yeah. When you're 9,000 feet above sea level, you're like, <sighs> yeah. that's real hard. Yeah. It's not comments on fucking Twitter. Yeah. That's not really hard. Yeah. That is easy to ignore. It's easy. Like you yeah. have the option to ignore it and life well, the, goes on. Your brain or you can't even. Your brain's like, yo, I can't worry yeah. about. It. Like you could, you'll have a flash of it. Yeah. Be like, I can't. We can't fuck it, dude. You're gonna. You gotta breathe, and you gotta get that. You're you're gonna perish. Yeah. But you also gotta do difficult shit. You do difficult shit to change what your watermark is. Like what what's your your mark of like normalcy. And if your ability to handle difficult situations and discomfort is at a very low level, you are going to be miserable forever. You've got to elevate your ability to withstand discomfort. So the things that are discomfort, very discomfortable for you most raise people, your bar they aren't as bad for you. They aren't right. as bad for you. And if you can get there, it's a better place to be. It's you a, just make yourself resilient by yeah. just... It's like the throwing the medicine ball in your stomach, just fucking getting the fucking. Yeah, you're getting like mental. Like if you have, if you're doing like endurance work on a bike, like doing sprints on one of those air dye machines, you are you or you are not capable of thinking of anything else. Mm-hmm. You're barely surviving those workouts. You're like fuck. There's these things called Tabata sprints. It's a great protocol for developing endurance. And you do a 20-second sprint followed by 10 seconds of rest. It's the shortest 10 seconds you'll ever experience uh-huh. in your life. Because then right after that's another 20 yeah. seconds. Even the I do high interval training for just running. Oh. You just sprint for, for a minute mm. and then not for a minute. And you're like, boy, that was a pretty quick knot. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> yeah. slowdown was not. I think they fuck with the clocks a little bit yeah. on that one. It's time is relative. It's very relative. So how do you deal with... How did you deal with the Spotify? Th- th- what's that day like? The the day of I, the boycotts and all that stuff. Because I don't, I haven't spoken. I don't know if you've spoken about it at it all. Was, but I, it was uh, they had never experienced anything like that before, so it was interesting to see how they would handle it. They handled it really well, and you know, again, like when I made that video, where the the big one was like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell yeah. and. When I made that video, like one of the things I really wanted to get out there was that a lot of the things they were saying were misinformation. Like that's a shit word. It's a shit term. We're talking about things that are proven to be true now. Right. And when I was talking about them, a lot of the things that I was talking about were already on the cover of Newsweek. Like that was the one that masks don't work, or uh, no, the the cover of Newsweek was uh, the lab leak hypothesis. Right. And then on CNN, they were saying cloth masks don't work. These are all things that right. I had read and talked to people about yeah. before. I'm like, you've got to recognize like what you're calling disinformation six months from now could be just accepted fact. Right. And that's what we're seeing over and over and over again with this. So there was this, it was very strange to experience that because I, I could tell that this was but not. But you also knew you couldn't get in the weeds. You couldn't even, it's not like- You can't get in the weeds. Yeah. You can't get in the weeds. You can't, you can't go over reading the things that people are saying or watching things people are saying. Or it's even like, counter that you can't argue. Like, uh, what I what did I say? I said cloth mask and I said, like, you can't- You gotta let other people do that. You you be yourself. Express, But if you have to express, if you feel like you didn't express yourself correctly or if you feel like there's something more to say about it, definitely do that too. 
But to counter all the different points of criticism, and also that's a game dummies play. There's a dummy game, and that dummy game is attack you so that you have to respond back right. to them. It's like, oh, yeah. you're so clever. Yeah. It's trolling. Yeah. And it's, you only do it when you don't have other things to contribute. When people aren't really interested in your personality or your perspectives or the way you word things or talk about things, then you got to just go start talking shit about people and starting shit with people mm -hmm. and hope they respond. And there's like a whole ecosystem of people talking shit to each other and responding right. and then becoming friends. It's like... Girl. And by the way, the friendships are uh, not the sturdiest, I'll say. <laughs> Let me just say, way to live your we've life. learned in the last couple of years, they, these friendships are not very... Uh, Robust. Yeah. Well, that's what I always say about you. It's like, I've known him 30 years. He's fucking nice to me. <laughs> and I am nice to him. We are unlikely animal friends. But i he's nice. I respect him. He respects me. I can look you in the eye, know it's true, and and I don't that so when people the amount of like wokey lefty uh people that will fucking write you off in a second. Yeah. That it's like our, That's okay. Yeah, it's okay, but you just go, okay. There's plenty of things to like in the world. You of don't course. Have to like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. No, yeah. Yeah. But it's I'm saying okay. like there's but a I do I represent that masculine energy that is so so dangerous in today's uh -huh. society. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I also represent being nice. I think it's important to be nice. Yeah. I think it's super important. I've and I, by the way, they're not mutually exclusive. In fact. They're not. They, in fact. Yeah. When you're stronger, you have more of an ability to be nice. You know, you really do. Because when you're, you're more controlled and more um, confident in yourself, you have more of an ability to forgive people. Because there's a strength in that. Just like, mm -hmm. come on, fuck off. Come on, relax. Are you a grudge person? No. I'm a big one. Big yeah, grudge, big I, I grudge don't, not at all. Uh, not at all. No. Um, Do you see what about when people say we need to move on, we need to put that behind us and all that stuff? If somebody fucks with you and then goes, let's just let by Some people just like to do that over and over again. Well, that's, that's what a I'm problem saying, like, with some people. Some people that want, yeah, they want to uh, get involved in conflicts and then make up. You know, like have you ever had a girlfriend like that that wanted to fight? And you know, only a lot, mo only a lot mo of boyfriends do it too. A yeah. lot of people do it. Where they'll, it's a, a normal sort of psychological roller coaster you put yourself on, where you start fights over nothing just so you can make up because the making yeah. up is so intense. Yeah. Because it's like, oh my god, is it, we're really gonna break up? I don't yeah. want to break up. I don't want to break up either. And the next thing you know, you're making out. And you're fucking. And it feels like it's amazing. I did tell a woman like, hey, you don't like me. <laughs> Because <laughs> she kept doing it. I was like, hey, you need to take uh, your own word for this. Uh, we don't get along good. Yeah. You just got to stop being like, hey, no, yeah. you don't. I know how this ends. <laughs> you yell at me for uh, for nonsense. And then uh, and then I plead my case. But once you're pleading your case, it's like, what am I? You just feel it's like you've already lost. When you get stuck in a relationship where the other person likes to just berate you and badger you and insult you, which can happen male or female, right? Yeah. That is the worst place to be. That's one of the worst it's, places uh, to be. It's a swamp, unlike it's real sticky. It's, it's a love fucking swamp. real hard to get out of. Oh. It's a bog. Just zzz, zzz, your wheels are turning, oh. and you cannot because then they can go like, "So you're giving up? 
God. <laughs> and you're like, fucking, all right, I'll fucking do it another. I'll, I, I, you know what gets a actual like a applause break in my in in the new block special is uh, I go I've never been lonelier than in a relationship I didn't want to be in, <laughs> and it and people are like yeah oh, it gets like a slow roller like that's ooh good. that's good that's uh, so good because so true yeah because I could be I'm single not married doing kids and it's like do I get lonely yeah but I've also you're also not I know miserable. Yeah, and I know a lot of lonely married people. Yeah, there's a great quote somebody said once, I'd rather be alone than wish I was alone. Yeah, yeah. It's like alone has its problems. Yeah. But it's uh, it's very manageable. It's certainly much more manageable than being in a shit relationship. Because if you're alone, you can meet someone nice. Uh-huh. But if you're in a shit relationship and you can't get out, you living together. And if you meet somebody oh. nice, you got to call a lawyer, Joe. Oh no! <laughs> and you got your bills all tied up together, and maybe you know you're not married, but you did buy the house together. Like, uh, oh god, oh. God. I had a girlfriend move in with me, and somebody goes, uh, "Mark the date down," and I was like, "Why?" And they go, "Cause California common law says." that uh if you live together for seven years you're basically married oh my god and uh (laughs) and he goes it just happened to so-and-so two days after Ah! seven years two days after seven years they get hit yep wow not married maybe you should have like a clock like one of those digital clocks like the like the debt countdown (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) let's just count down to seven Baby, we gotta get the fuck out of here (laughs) five years in you're like boom i'm getting a little itchy yeah this is dangerous yeah the so 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 what happened with this friend did they did someone file uh Uh uh-huh oh boy Uh uh-huh looking for a big payday Uh uh-huh and i think they got it oh my goodness Wow, that's just stealing money from people. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's another thing that's in the in the new special where I say you it's like relationships are reliant on like this is a shared thing. Mm. And then at a certain point they go I've been pretending. And then you wow. have to look through it and f- try to figure out when they were pretending and when they weren't. And then mm. you just have to accept like oh this might have all been a grift. Mm. And you and I've seen it. It's happened to me, and not for money, like or not a lot of money. Uh, and I've seen it happen to guys I know with a lot of money, and they get. It's a real thing. Yeah, like, b- people that look at someone who's got money, and you act like a predator, and you get close to them, and you pretend you like them, and you date them, and you fuck them. It's like a very high level of prostitution. Yeah, that people engage in. It's but it uh, it's like I I it, to me it has a lot more to do with sociopathy. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's for sure. There, it's like yeah. what did you do? But then you've also got the ego of the guy who thinks this like. Super I earned it fair and square. Bomb ass, thirty year old <laughs> woman and is squ- I him. always got hot <laughs> chicks, bro. That's like that's on you, stupid. Like, yeah. look at that. Look at this. Is of course this isn't a fair fight. Well, that's whenever I'm on dating apps, I just go, "Have I ever dated someone who looks like this? Like in this area of hotness? And if I have, then I'll like them." That's a good move. But if they, if they're way, I'm like, "There's no fucking. There's no point." <laughs> I wouldn't trust. I wouldn't so, trust them. It's so rational. 
I don't trust you, lady. Yeah. You shouldn't be. You're here for the wrong reasons. I do really enjoy when I see those couples, though, of like this aged, fucking decrepit man and this bomb ass wife. I, I love. Louis that story. had a fucking great joke about it. Louis's most recent special, incredibly good. Really well before good. that, excellent. But he had a joke about getting a, uh, just getting a year old. You got money. We get together for a couple years. I die. You keep the change. <laughs> 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 it was so fucking funny. That's a great line. Keep the change. Uh, but I don't, that's again, I don't even, that doesn't bother me. Like, no, that's doesn't like, bother me yeah, at all. That's a fair, everyone knows what's happening. Yeah. He knows what's happening. Yeah. She knows what's happening. Yeah. Everyone who sees and knows what's happening. It's when they're, even they could be very high status and get a lot of high, uh, good looking girls, high status women. And then it, the, and then they're just they were in it for the they were just lying. Yeah. And there's nothing, nothing you can do about it. Not and a then damn they thing. can they can add <clears throat> the women can add the resentment to it, like you knew I didn't care what what I did it 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 on you, and it, they can justify it in their own heads because like you made me wait and I did it. I would rub your feet and just all the shit of like, lady, I thought we were, I thought you meant it. It was a job. Yeah. It's a long hit. Yeah. It's a long financial hit. Yeah. And that's, uh, men are vulnerable to that, but so are women. A lot of older women, young guy comes along, fitness trainer, hey baby. Doesn't Cher have like a 35-year-old boyfriend? I hope so. I think she does. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I... For some reason, that bothers people more than when the old man gets fucked over. It bothers people when, like, wow, yeah, he's young. I think it said he's thirty-six. How old is she now? Seventy. He looks like a discount Chris Brown. By the way, that's her real hair color. What? Mm. <laughs> what? Except forty-year age gap. Yeah, she's seventy-six. Wow, good for her. Cher good was like a her. good. Cher uh, was a good cultural thing. Why does? Why does she have to defend? The 40-year age gap. Who gives a fuck? He's a grown-ass man. Yeah. Why does anybody give a shit? Like, once someone's in their 30s, yeah. like, why would you give a shit? Well, I think with when they do it, when it's an older man and it's a younger woman, it assumes that women are uh, feeble. It's like, the, it's like old, it's like old, like, it's like, uh, you know, Elizabethan fucking like, will a man? It's the, it's some of it's, it shows them the Me Too stuff where they go, he used his power. All right. I, okay. Do I have power? When do I have power? When don't I have power? Yeah. I don't, uh, but it's, it's just nosy and gossipy. It's like when people get mad that DiCaprio's not married. Right. And that his girlfriends are always 25. Yeah. Good. Good for him. Yeah. What, That's what, what he likes. If it was a 25-year-old guy and a 40-year-old woman, no one would care No, all. they'd love it. You go, girl. You go, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Like, isn't that Kate Beckinsdale? Oh, Isn't she, she like lo- young? Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. You like Pete Davidson? Good Me for too, her. lady. Good for you. Yeah. Go have some fun. Yeah. Knock yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, I don't... Uh, it's, it's not even... It's the, it's weird, it's weird to care. You know what's weird is that gold digging is totally legal, but there's no courses on it. Like you would think that like it's literally a form of business. 
Like, if you really thought about it, there's certain businesses you go into where you're just going in to make money. If you're, if you're selling, like, waste baskets, mm-hmm. like, are you fucking passionate about waste baskets? Are you just trying to make some money? You're just trying to make money. Well, there's ways that people teach people how to do all sorts of jobs, but there's, there's no, no apprenticeships on gold digging. Like, if you could talk a girl through, like, real psychological manipulation and getting close to, like, decrepit old men with shit piles of money, you can make a lot of money. Like, you think about every client, if you're a real estate agent, every client that you become friends with, and maybe they're going to buy a house in five years. Maybe you're going to sell this house. Maybe you get make money on both those houses. you got to stay close to them. Yeah. No, I. you're right. There are But I think that they, I, you could see those, a lot of the gold digger ladies, you could see them almost, it's almost like an origin story <laughs> when they're six. And they get their dad to do something. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can, you, I. Or some boy in class. They could talk some boy in class. I like your joke about your daughters, like, slowly stealing your manhood. Yeah. It's like, and then you made it a Kardashian joke, which was great. Made it like, it was one of the few Kardashian jokes. I was like, tip of the cap. (laughs) Uh, Where that, you could, I'm sure you see your daughters develop. Manipulative traits. Yeah. Yeah. Humans manipulate people. Yeah. They and you get people. to watch it in lo- yeah. in real time. The best is when they'll pretend they're sick. They're like, oh, I just don't feel good today. I'm like, do really? <laughs> Let me take your head. Let me check your temperature. You're fine. The fuck out of here. Are I know you? What you're doing. Do you bust their balls? Try not to. But, but you know, you don't the comic get in you wants to just oh, be like, get the fuck out. I, like, I do a little bit, but the, you know, you don't want them to get sad. It's a, like a weird dance. You can't fuck with a mother guy. Like, bitch, you're fine. No, yeah, that's you, what you somebody fu- told me. Like, he goes, yeah, the, the deal is they can make fun of you and you can't make fun of them. Yeah. Why well, make fun of a little bit? But not, you just like, you can't talk to them like they're your comic friends. They're little right. kids. <laughs> your daughters are getting 16, 14? 14 and 12. 14 and 12. Yeah. So they're like, For so the you can ones. see them like, not becoming women, but yeah, they're becoming. They, it does it I inform mean, your, does it inform your your opinions or information about women, or does it affirm it? Well, you when you're whenever you're experiencing life, from the moment a child is born to them having conversations with you, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It's like you remember when there yeah. was no baby, and then there's a baby, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're talking. It's like you're keeping up with their development, but you're not really developing that much. And you're just watching these creatures. I mean, you are, but not like they are. No. Like they're learning how to talk and walk, and they're they're learning games, and they're playing sports, and they're yeah. doing different things, and learning musical instruments and stuff, and you're like, whoa. You're watching these little sponges of information evolve and grow before you, and then the next thing you know, like they're they're teenagers, and that experience, like if you don't, if you're not there, and see that experience, like watching a human being go from being a baby to being a young teenager, I don't think you're really, I don't think you're ever gonna appreciate. It. We we like to think of people as static things. It's like a weird thing we do where if I know you and you're 43 years old, it's like, oh, Neil's always been 43. Mm-hmm. Like, this is 43 year old Neil. 
but I don't I didn't know you when you were three days old. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't I didn't see this arc that you yeah. went through to get to where you are. So I think because of that, and because we're so egocentric and we're worried about ourselves right now, we we often see people like like this is how you've always been. This is who you always are. This is how you, how you are with everybody. The way you are with me is how you are with everybody. And I don't think we I don't really appreciate the arc of development that human beings go through unless you're you're there for it. Unless maybe you have a younger brother or sister and you get to see them grow up in in front of your eyes when you're already Yeah, that's the thing. I almost think one of the reasons I don't want kids is cuz I never had a younger brother or sister mm. to like watch. Right. You know what I mean? Well, I have a younger sister, but she's only one year younger, so we basically grew up together. Got it. But I think that uh, that does aid in people's decision making. Like if you're a, a sister and you're, you know, you're the oldest sister and you have to babysit the younger one, and you really like it and you, you like taking care mm-hmm. of kids, well, that's a good sign. Yeah, maybe you should have kids. But when you're watching your own kids grow and develop, it's like very eye opening. It's it just makes you really take into account all the various factors that are involved in making a human being and 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 de- developing a well-rounded healthy human being it's and like, and is it, it where are you on nature nurture is it do you There's see them at forks there. do you see them come to a fork in existence and like make a decision and you're like wow if they'd gone that if they and and by the way it's not even a decision it's just an inclination well, I think you want your children to be able to make decisions for themselves, but it's like how many and how far? Like at, at what point do you feel like, you know, you need to impose some guidance or some discipline if they do something fucked up? Like if they break into your liquor cabinet and mm-hmm. steal all your booze and their 13-year-old buddies are blacked out on the floor like, hey, we got a problem here. Yeah. Like you guys just drank my booze and you're 13. Yeah. And there's also they maybe the fourteen year old would do it and the twelve year old they yeah. have different personalities. You you gotta communicate with them, but their kids are gonna do kid stuff. They they do the same stuff that we did when we yeah. were kids. We we check check your father's drawer for joints. You steal Playboys. You yep. uh, you know you do it's normal stuff. Kids are these little human beings that are growing and developing. And I think one of the most important things is having conversations with them like they're regular people. That's not hard to do. Like, you just talk to them like they're a regular person, and instead of trying to talk to them like a little kid, I mean, I, I'm very loving, but I'll oftentimes have conversations with them. I'll, I'll try to explain things, like I would, the way I could explain to an adult, and I try to get them to explain things to me, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a sort of a very expressive way. And it's, do it's you? Wild, man. I will know. It wild. sounds like a weirdly surreal experience. It's very surreal. It's very surreal. And I started thinking of all people as babies. That's, I've been doing that too. <laughs> I've been doing that like as if it's like uh, like all the things we sexualize, and I'm just in terms of women, and then I go like, she doesn't walk that way because she wants to her ass right. to shake. When she was two, she just started walking that way. You know what I mean? Like, just these things that happen, and then we we ascribe, like, motive. or It's like, no, it's just what fucking happened. If a woman is wearing high heels, like stilettos, and she walks, that's how they walk. 
Like you have to walk that way with yeah. those things. Yeah, it's not like they're trying. Yeah, to get or you just hoot, yeah, to hoot and holler at. Yeah, exactly. Or like that's just how they started walking. They they walk in the balls of their feet, or they walk da da da. They're both. That's just, how much women want to be hot. They want to be hot so bad that they'll wear the dumbest shoes. Yeah, that you can't get. Don't that don't done fit. In. Don't work. You can't run in them. Nope. You can't fight to the death in them. You can't get away from fucking. Wild animals. There's not a damn thing you can do in those hierarchy. Shoes. What are your priorities? <laughs> you have these ridiculous stilts on. Yeah, and they're making you stand up on your toes. They probably are killing your feet. Yeah, but damn, your ass looks great. Yep, makes your ass worth poke it. out. Worth it. Yeah, and yeah, and it's more common than not. Like it's so accepted. It's a weird paradox where, but it gives them power. Yeah, because oh. that sexual desire thing is a big. A lot of attention. Yeah. Mm. That's, uh, you know, I just spoke about this earlier. You like the juice. Yeah, like that juice. <laughs> um, all right. So I want to get back to the Spotify thing real quick. So what do you, how does that information come to you? How does it like, hey, this is a problem. And then how do you then make a decision? How long does that take? Who do you talk to? If, or whatever you wanted to say. Well, you know, there was several phone calls about it. It was one of those things where it was like there was a lot going on. But Did you feel like you were in trouble or it was just like this is a pain in the ass? Uh, definitely give you trouble. Yeah. I mean, you got to think of, you know, having artists boycott it and, you know, being able to explain, like, what do you mean by misinformation? Because I know people say things like that and they, they, they say things like misinformation, but how much do you actually know about the subject? And that's why I wanted to say in that video. This is what I actually know about the subject. We're not talking about quacks. We're talking about one of the guys who has nine patents on the invention of the mRNA vaccines. Mm -hmm. These aren't nutty people. They're like the leaders of their field. Peter McCullough is the most published doctor in history in his field. This is like, these are like very prominent physicians and doctors. And so saying they're, they're misinformation, you're buying into the bullshit. And you're you're upset because you're old and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I get it. And yeah. you you don't want anybody I did a denying joke, like, a lot science of artists. and spreading a virus, right? I get it. I get yeah. where you're coming from. But what they're telling you is not true. And what they're telling you about this being misinformation, if you have someone on who wants to go into in-depth discussion about whether or not this is a gain-of-function research lab virus that got accidentally released onto the world, there's a lot of evidence that points to that. Right. But that shit would get you removed from YouTube just a year and a half ago. They would they would pull you yeah. from online. You wouldn't be able to say that. But that's pretty much accepted fact. There's like a ninety something percent certainty. When the, I think the last time they polled, is there a poll? Like how many? Let's let's find out if this is true because I think I read this on Reddit. What what percentage of people believe the lab leak hypothesis is the origin of COVID? Like if the oh, I'm interested in that. Like prominent scientists. Anybody or like scientists? Because I've heard people argue against it, that they think it's a natural spillover, but the arguments against that argument are very compelling, saying there's no animal model, that doesn't make any sense, and also it's in the same fucking place where they had a COVID lab. Like, mm -hmm. duh. Yeah. It's right there. This is where it yeah. started from. When Jon Stewart was on Colbert and he went on that rant that about it. Fun. Oh, my God. It was, it was funny as fuck because Stephen was frozen. He's trying to cock block it. Yeah. He even tried to, well, no, I'd, you I'd don't like mean to that. see some evidence. Yeah. If you have any evidence, I'd like to see the evidence. Yeah. Like, what are you saying, man? Why are you holding water for a Chinese bio lab? 
Politico, Harvard poll. Most Americans bleed COVID leaked from a lab. This is a year and a half ago, though. Just it, well, now it's probably everybody. <laughs> okay. Okay, so that's one poll. I think there was like a poll among scientists. I think I think what I read was like in a conversation. It's one of those weird things where I don't care where it's from. And it just becomes an argument about like... Oh, I fucking care. You do? How come? Because there's funding behind that where the American taxpayers like helped fund this kind of research. Oh, this the is research gain of function. That, okay. This is research that Obama shut down. Right. And then during the Trump administration, they're like, fucking start it back up yeah. again, baby. Yeah. yeah. And uh, people have been very deceptive about whether or not this research is ever even done. You know, that's the famous do you Rand think Paul. Yeah. You've seen those Rand Paul... Yeah. Fauci conversations where he's calling it gain of function research and and Fauci is like sticking to this very very narrow definition of what gain of function is. But the reality is they manipulated viruses and made them more contagious for humans. Right. They, that's what they did in that lab. That is uh, that's also an ongoing thing oh, in yeah, it's science. Going on right like now. it's like it's kind of part of science. It's not like yeah. It's not some like secret fucking nefarious lab it's just a thing that people do in science well they they give money to different labs for different research projects and right when fauci's leaving he's retiring he just gave uh, another grant to the same people that they were accusing of doing this work so so that's your like that's your sort of premise on why it why? Because I'm still of the mind of like, okay, even when you say, because people gave money to it, is it just about like, don't don't pay these people? Is it about stopping that process? There should be some some real conversations about why this was done. Like, why are you doing that work? Like, are you doing that work so that you can come up with better cures? And where are those cures? Because like, what, what are you, or are you just doing the work to better understand viruses? So you're risking making this highly contagious virus that may or may not get out just because you have research money. They're doing it in tons of areas them. though, right? Like that, am I misunderstanding that? They, they do it in- Oh yeah. Yeah. They do it in Galveston. Uh, we went, Duncan and I went to the Galveston lab and it's fucking crazy, dude. They're all got spacesuits on and vacuums attached to their heads and shit. And they're working in, the, and the guy was explaining to us, he goes, we are working with some of the most infectious- horrific diseases in the world they're right here and we're like what the fuck y'all right stop <laughs> but he was saying that they weren't worried about man-made stuff he was saying that our biggest fear is some natural spillover that's yeah. catastrophic yeah. something like the plague or and that that is really possible and that's why they have to study these diseases it was a really wild thing because he wasn't worried at all about what actually happened at the time because this was like i think when duncan and i were i was like what was that like 2013 or something um so it was quite a while ago and um i don't think they were really worried about an engineered virus you know something that was uh, naturally designed to become more infectious so they could study how those things work is there in terms of like information misinformation ai deep fakes mm. all that whole field where and even what Elon Musk running Twitter now, right? Where do you fall on? Because I, I'm. It's one of these things. Like I believe in. I, there's got to be some sort of, for lack of a better term, board, jury, some system in place 
for what is true and what is not true. I and the and when I talk these things out with people, I always end up in like we all agree that there needs to be some board. We can't agree on who should be on the board. How would you fucking do that with all the subjects? All the ch- it, it, I think about all the different subjects, whether it's uh, pop culture or fucking entertainment or technology or medicine or how many different experts would you have to employ to make sure that everything everyone says is true? I think a better, better solution is mind reading. And I think we're probably <laughs> way closer to that. <laughs> I think they're going to come out. out. They're going to come out with that Neuralink thing, and along with it, as it improves, any and there's a bunch of different human neural interface computer things they're working on. Different companies are working. I on. love shit like that. That's a bridge too far for me. Where I'm like, I don't. know. I think we're going to have to adopt it. I really, genuinely do. I think it's going to be one of those things where the benefit of having it is going to be so huge. And it's going to really fuck with this whole haves and have-nots thing. Because the people that get access to it quicker in the beginning, if it really does increase... What do you see this machine doing? What The way Elon describes it is increasing the bandwidth in which you can access information. And he said, you're literally going to be able to talk without words. To other people. To other people. Yeah. Do you, is that something you want? <laughs> that's not the question the question is if someone gets that and they become really the next stage of human evolution and you're left behind are you cool with that oh i know what you mean because that yeah. might be yeah, what yeah, yeah. we become yeah what we become well, that's almost is integrated longevity you and i can afford longevity shit most people can't right right is yeah. that privilege is that should we like legislate you know what i mean like should we make it so it's how do we level that playing field that's interesting right but that just keeps you as a healthy human being what this is going to do is turn you into a new thing if you can get something that actually increases your intelligence increases your capacity to think to uh, calculate to access information that it's all in your mind anytime you want it and through whatever kind of interface they develop, if, if that becomes real, you'll have such a massive advantage in business and, and uh, you know, all these different things that require calculations. And Well, that's like the AI thing. Like you look at the AI art. Mm-hmm. It's fucking really, really fun. Good. And very good Wild. and funny as shit. I, it's got, there's a, one, an app called Wonder and just hours. Why? Just Neil Brennan at NASCAR and just the photos they, they made, it just whatever. It just you could do it endlessly, right? Yeah, it's amazing how quickly that has emerged, right? These new, uh, have did softwares. you read the one that's like joke based? There's a joke based AI, no, Joe. It's not bad, it's not funny yet, but it's like you can see how it could be. Mm. So I think it will be like bodybuilding where there's clean competitions <laughs> and assisted competitions or like, yeah, but of course a bot's funnier than me. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it, it, you know what I mean? Like it's going to get to the point where there's, if there's an, that art thing, the one that won the competition, it's a fucking really nice painting or whatever the fuck you call it. A really nice creation. 
Yeah. Uh, but it's not even, it's, it's like to say it's wrong. It's not, you can't have it competing against humans. No. So that's, I think what you're saying is like, well, what do we do? I think they'll just be like divisions where. The problem is though, if that's what human beings are going to become ultimately, we seem to be totally reliant on technology. Everybody accepts that. Mm -hmm. Everyone has a phone. Everyone has email. Yep. Everyone has a computer. You know, when they first came out, the personal computer, there were so many people that were saying, this is the dumbest idea ever. Who the fuck is going to want a computer yeah. in their house? Now everyone has a computer. If all of this becomes integrated into the human body, we, the way, our level of acceptance of it right now is 100%. And... It's not weird by in any well, world that's the funny to how carry a phone. Insidious it is where it's not it's it's slow. It's slow moving, but it's But it's it's basically in your body. Yeah, because uh, it's yeah, basically, yeah. It's you even never, if it's not Bluetooth, yeah. it's an appendage yeah, at this point that we welcome. Yes. And by the way, it didn't happen overnight, although I remember having like a sidekick <laughs> in O three and being like pretty hooked on it. Yeah. Like, pretty quickly, like, oh, this is very valuable. Yeah, uh, people love the sidekick. You got a full keyboard and everything. Forget it. Forget it. What are Just we talking flip about? Flip it up there. Fucking, for you, that click. Fucking, you were king of the world. Yeah, if you were cool, you uh, that was like when Paris Hilton was in yeah. full bloom. Couldn't tell me she shit. She had a sidekick. Yeah, you're goddamn right she did. Uh, but the, the question is... I... If you, uh, this is a separate uh, discussion, but it's almost like the, if you took a, you know when they do the, is America on the right track? Mm. And they vote like yes or no, or is right. this kind of, if you ask most humans, is Earth on the right track? <laughs> They'd be like, nah, I don't think this is good. I don't think where we're headed's good. And that, the thing with the uh, implant, I agree with you, but it's the same way I take Instagram off my phone there might be like zones where there's no, you know, uh, no head implants. No, no head, no, no hand plant, uh, no I, head implants beyond this point. I think once they invent them, it's it's over. I think everyone's going to adopt it the same way we adopted shoes. I think it's people are going to realize that having some sort of a computer interface that's far superior in so many ways. To like your human, human memory, yeah. to human memory. Yeah. What if you could uh, offload your visual memory to like HD video? Mm -hmm. That was like an episode of uh, The Dark Mirror, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Yeah. That's not outside the realm of possibility. If they do start installing chips in people's brains, we will have like a super accurate r recording of everything you do, mm -hmm. everything you've done. Yeah, and if at any point in time someone accuses you of something, well, yeah, there's no more opinion. There's no well, that's opinion. the problem with China. You go to China, they scan your face. Mm -hmm. They're tracking you the whole time. I was thinking, like, I couldn't do drugs. I couldn't go if I go yeah. somewhere to do something fucked up, and I'm, if I'm Chinese, I it's that you cannot be a dissident after that point because right. they go, what are, where, what are we doing? We have yeah. video. Yeah. We we have cameras. There's a hundred million cameras in China. The last... We're watching you through your eyes. Well, th that's where that's where that's we're... where we're going. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is y they won't have to wonder or not whether or not you committed a crime. They'll be able to literally watch you do it. Right. When then they will also be able to 
prevent you from doing it. Yeah, and if you, you get to a point where we are all online together, like our minds are connected, who's running the server? Well, this is, I told Santino this the other day, it's, I've pitched it on here before, Prez, Prezbot, robot president, AI president. Ooh. Put all the information of human history into an AI. All human psychology, outcomes, and you, it would be the competition of, well, what are we doing? Howard Zinn's history of America? Or are we doing the textbook's history of America? Are we doing critical race theory? Are we doing whatever? All of the, that's where the fight would be. Mm. But that to me is getting to the point of like, there's a lot of fucking human error. Yeah. And it's a lot of dumb, he's tall shit that could be prevented by some form of artificial. I mean, I guess it's artificial, but but I don't know. And, and what do you think like a robot president would do about Ukraine? I think it would, I think, again, it's my own liberal slant. So it's like, I think he would support it with a cutoff date. Oh, Jesus. And then what happens at the cutoff date? You leave him alone and Russia just comes storming in. Or you, you just, super you, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Afghanistan. Yeah. Afghanistan, what do you think they should have... I mean, Afghanistan should have been a police mission. It's the the thing they always said. Robot president would have never got us into either one of those. Robot president would have done the calculations and said, this is not going to end well. Like, look, we've we've actually thought this out. We planned it out. But robot president... Do you think robot president would have gamed out Ukraine and come to the... Like, gone like, no, they can fight them. Yeah, they can what, fight them, and if they have international support, because even if you game out Ukraine, all right, so let's let Russia take it. I don't think that's positive. I don't think robot. I don't even think robot president would like that. Like, so robot president would say we have to risk some lives to save the territory. So yeah, the because the spread it. of of uh, ideology, government, it's not good to just have like G seven fucking governments. In taking just land willy-nilly. And then the argument that Putin had was that NATO kept encroaching on its borders. They were trying to get Ukraine to join NATO. And, you know, that would have, like, too many consequences for him. Yeah, I don't, which seems like that struck me as a fake argument. Struck me as a... It was a good... It was a bit of the Saddam Hussein thing where it was like... Uh, do you have yellow, you have nuclear, you have nukes and all that stuff. And I think Hussein's point was like, I don't want my neighbors to know what I have. So if it's all the same to you guys, I'd like to keep it a little mysterious <laughs> as to what I have and not make it, I, yeah, I'm not crazy about inspectors. So I think with Putin, it was like, he didn't, he said, I don't think I don't, but I don't buy the fact that NATO was going to invade Russia. No, I don't think no, that was a real no, threat. No, no one was ever saying NATO was going to invade Russia. What they were saying was that by them moving their missiles mm-hmm. closer to Russia, it yeah. made like an initial first attack much more convenient, and it also violated the treaty that they signed. What was it? There was a. What was the agreement that they had? It was like there was a, there was an agreement. Somewhere around, I want to say 94 or something like that, Mm -hmm. where they discussed uh, making sure that um, 
Well, what's funny the, is the, the counter NATO is... NATO couldn't get their missile. I forget the distance. Ukraine made a deal with Russia, we'll give up our nukes mm-hmm. as long as you never invade us. So it's like, which, if I'm the robot, I'm like, hey, there's contradictory yeah. information here. Do you know what I mean? Like right. there's, there's, even you and I discussing some of the things we've discussed today, the nursing shortage, right? Or the, the healthcare. Your take on it is because they, they, uh, they were fired because they wouldn't get vaxxed. I have might, all the takes. <laughs> I do. I I, tell you, I could see all right, the, no, but all and the I and that's like our discussion is kind of America. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, no, it was a shitty job. And you're going like, yeah, it was a shitty job. And I go, yeah, they did fires. I know people that had to decide whether to get vaxxed to keep the nursing job. Yeah, like, yeah, and, I know people who did. But it, it also, it's a hard job. Hard. It's hard to keep people. Of course, on hard jobs. Yeah, it's you know. a thankless, shitty. Yeah. Of course. Fucking hard work. Um, and they work crazy hours and you're watching people die all the time. Yeah. So not, not a lot of fun. Yeah. So to but to the to the the thread we're on, the Yeah, I it's like what I it, the AI thing and having a sentient or not even sentient leader or there would have and then who's like the who are the generals underneath? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. who implements what presbot says (laughs) do we take it are there a few ais and then there's a super it's like it's the it's a bit like self-driving where it's like self-driving i don't believe it will happen because self-driving algorithms will have to decide run over the old person or the baby right right how do you insure that jesus christ how do you get insurance what do you do Old person? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I do. Four old people, one baby. Four old, five old people, two teenagers. Like, again, gifted old person. Lumpy teenager. (laughs) 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 You know, that's, and that's the, all those things. That's where when I, when Elon bought this shit, I'm like, fucking dude, why do that to yourself? Why yeah. do that to yourself? Like, what a fucking pain. What an, Everybody is freaking out. What a hair suit that is to put on. Apparently, like, a lot of people have left, but more people have come on. Yeah, I think with the, like the, I don't know what their expectation is. Well, I don't know what their expectation is either. But what he wanted to do was have a place where people could actually debate things and talk about things and not worry about being censored just because you're, you have a different political philosophy mm-hmm. or you have different perspectives on worldviews and events and things. And I think that's valid, you know, but whether or not you can do that at scale and not have any content moderation at all, like what, what, what would the content moderation be like? Would it be like exactly what Twitter had in place? Because you use AI for a lot of that stuff, they flag words and things like that. Or do you do it in a different way? Do you, are you more lenient? And if you are more lenient, what are the consequences of that? And then, the, then what are the consequences this of the This is where you just get into like, fuck. Right, what if the fuck. advertisers decide they don't want to bo- use you anymore because they're, they're not confident of their products being advertised on a website where people don't have restrictions of what they can say, yeah. which is actually happening. Yeah. And like the amount of like hate speech and yeah, N-word much, and all yeah, that stuff, yeah. which is like, I don't think you think it's good. I don't think he thinks it's good. I don't think uh, uh, the most you know free speech absolutist turns out and er, free speech except no impressions of me. Well, uh, I think 
he, the problem was people were using his photo and writing his name. Yeah. That it was Elon Musk. And so it looked exactly like his avatar that he uses. It's a good bit. Name. And then they're writing a bunch of ridiculous shit. <laughs> right. Good bit. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think you're supposed to fight that. I think if I was him and, yeah. you know, Sarah Silverman said I made poopy or something like yeah. that. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Like, I thought comedy was legal, buddy. Yeah. They, you know, it's. When you, when you make a law against people uh, pretending to be people, and then it says, and then you say it's not like, a law. It it's has just to like say a bot. Yeah, it's like it's not a law. It's like just what you want. Yeah, because and also wouldn't if he did you, he wouldn't have cared. Right. Or me, you know, right. I mean, somebody else, he would have just been like, oh, Joe's funny, he's got a good sense of humor, or whatever, whatever. Well, would he, yeah, would he let you do that if you wanted to try to pretend to be, like, Queen of England? Or if you yeah. did Kathy Griffin. Right, exactly, exactly. I bet it would have been fine if if people were impersonating. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it's like, Growing that's why, skin. why do, your, do this to yourself? Yeah, well, it's also, it's like, you know, we we're talking about the negativity of uh, reading comments and that even the positive comments are probably not good for you. Yeah. And then, I think that applies to everybody. And I think it applies to everyone with 149 million Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. like you're, you're interacting with too many minds. And as smart as he is, and he's probably the smartest man alive, I don't, I don't know if anyone has the capacity to be normal while interacting with that many people online and, like, reading tweets and responding to tweets and... And take I just I think he lives in an extreme world well, meaning he, wealth input yeah he's got a probably ex, not even probably he's got an extreme brain he's got an extremely powerful brain yeah he's got extremely powerful influence he's just got it's at all extremes and you know he likes the, the juice he likes the juice. <laughs> he likes the juice yeah. so it's hard <laughs> and there's no regulation it it's you know it's like uh, manic to bipolar people don't like taking the medication because it takes the high off. Really? Yeah, they don't. You get you get it gets rid of the low, but it gets rid of the high, mm. and the high is fucking glorious. Mm. You know? Yeah, you don't want that numb middle. Yeah, but so that's like, what they put Kanye on, right? They had they had him on some. Remember yeah. what, when he got when he got uh. Inst what they put him in? What kind of medical facility was it? Was it a? What do they call them now? Sanitariums? Like what do they call them when? Uh, put you yeah, in a mental health. Ment facility. Yeah, mental health facility. Yeah. That was uh, when he came out. and He was just kind of like, just numb. yeah. And that's the and and it, and this is the thing that I think about free speech AI. It's Kanye on medication is a tragedy yeah kanye, kanye off, medication off medication has a potential to create some bomb ass songs it, but also <laughs> it's a tragedy also it's a tragedy well and what's, that's what's the, going on right now is what's going on right now yeah. is tragedy for sure i heard a song he made six weeks ago excellent of course it's great Excellent. That same personality that makes music to just powerful, bang, yep. bang, bang, that coming out with just words, it's like sometimes the wrong words come out, and yeah. then you have to defend those wrong words. Yeah. It's like how much how much reading and thinking are you doing on these subjects, and how much are you just used to espousing your opinions yeah. on things with full confidence all the time Yeah. on things that are very nuanced and complicated.
Well, and that's then does the, anybody talk to you about this? Well, I don't. But but when you're billionaire, yeah, you not you're not getting you you've lost. You don't have access to. No one's gonna be straight with you. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't even have to have right. a billion. You could have ten million people aren't gonna be straight with you. No, if you're hiring everyone. You're picking up every. It's just it's a it's in some ways I think. The with Kyrie Irving and Kanye, I told somebody it's like uh, algorithmic personality disorder, where they you start off a little and then you go right, eh, further right, further right, further right, because you're you watch it does it to you now. Extreme. Ex- what, explain. Kyrie posted a link in his story to a video. And this is why he's getting in trouble. But isn't that video for sale on Amazon? Yeah, no. Uh, somebody said that. It's an excellent point. That's the craziest yeah. thing yeah. ever. It's an excellent Kyrie point. Kyrie is getting in trouble. And Amazon's not? Yeah. Like, what? You you want all this well, from him funny because is... he watched a video and he sent a link to it that you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's uh, fucking wild. I this speaks to the thing we were talking about earlier, which is it used to be Amazon considers disclaimer to anti-Semitic film. Oh, good for them! A nice consider it. They're being uh, shared online. The company said it was working with the Anti-Defamation League to potentially, huh. potentially add language to the page that viewers see before buying or renting the film. Meanwhile, the film is no still for sale. They want him. To give up a half a million dollars, they want him to make a public apology. They want him to talk to different leaders. Yep. And yeah. the fucking video, all he did is post a link. Yeah. Right. What did he say? Did he say this video is amazing? And I b- agree one hundred percent with I everything. I think it says? he wasn't like hate sharing it. <laughs> Even if he did, like go and watch that video and say, I like that video. The video's for sale on Amazon. I agree. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That no one has an issue with that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's where you're into uh, expectations of Jeff B. I mean, I was uh, doing a joke about it. It's like, I'd way rather be Jeff Bezos than fucking Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift gets the a lot of celebs getting dinged for flying private yeah they they're for the environment except for private jets and uh and jeff bezos it could wear a fur jumpsuit yeah with a fucking with a bald eagle around it. like and he's got and no one has any expectations and the other thing is jeff bezos goes do you want the moisturizer in 40 minutes or not <laughs> What are you? What are we playing? What are you telling well, and me? He's you retired. fucking want it? I mean, yeah, or the the proverbial Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Like, there's no standard expectation for him. There is for Kyrie because he has all these corporate partnerships in the NBA. It's like, yo, fucking. But it's not that. It's that he's an influential individual and he's a basketball player and is a, he's a huge star. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos is just a guy who owns a company, but the company is not him. The company has this video for sale. But Jeff Bezos and Amazon have would kill themselves if they only had Kyrie's influence. <laughs> of course. I mean, of in that, what Kyrie has is Listen, relative I'm, to Amazon. No one's defending this. Yeah. No one's yeah. defending this in any, in, on either side. 
But what I am saying is it's pretty wild that that video is for sale. And he's in trouble. Totally agree. Link to it. That's pretty I want to wild. talk about the Look at it. what it used to be like going. Am- Let's read this here. Yeah. Amazon said the film did undergo review before becoming available online, though it declined to provide details of the review and how it concluded that the film did not violate the prohibition on hate speech. What is this movie? What is it? I don't even know what it is. I think it's like, remember that book, The Protocols of the Elders of Zion? No. It's it's just a conspiracy. What fucking, is it? Uh, it's, this is basically saying, like, you know those dudes who yell in Times Square at the Hebrew Israelites? Here it is. It's their movie. Mr. Irving uh, tweeted a link to Amazon for a documentary called Hebrews to Negroes. <laughs> Negro, Hebrews to Negroes Wake Up Black America which includes extensive anti-Semitism, such as claims that Jews control the media and that millions of Jews did not die during the Holocaust. Huh. The the Holocaust denial is a tough one. So is that, does the film say no one died? Or does it say less people than they say died? This like, but people love to, to stick their neck into like like hornets' nests. I mean, the, 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 if you deny the numbers of people that died in the Holocaust, like, what are you trying to say? You trying to say it wasn't bad? Well, it's pointless. What? It's also meaning it's, it's well yeah, like well, it wasn't actually seven. It's, it's more like, like three. Okay, it's the Cosby argument. It's like he didn't rape all them bitches. Well, <laughs> <laughs> probably raped <sighs> eight of them. Is eight nor you know? Yeah, it is the silly. Like, how many do you think died? I just want to know. Like, that's what I'd say to him. Like, what do you think? Yeah. You think it was a thousand? Like, how uh, many yeah, but I think was? guys like that go, it's not my place to know. It's like, the it's too easy. The information is too easy to attain now. Mm. You used to, in the 90s, you had to go to a store. You got to go to a library. You got to go to, or I don't even think it was a library. It was more like an independent bookstore like a weird kind of hippie, and they'd have a UFO book, right? And they'd have a DMT book, and they'd have a Bigfoot book, and it's basically <laughs> your podcast. <laughs> it was a bookstore. That's what your podcast is. It's yeah. just all these. There was uh, they. They. I remember there was one in L.A., and that's where I got the tape of like celebrities cussing, oh my celebrities God. at their worst CD. That's uh, like all, and they just had all those books, and then there was one. Uh, the white supremacist one was week. the. That's very funny. I was talking to uh, Chris Rock about this last night. We we're talking about like how many they've sold and how they they're selling it for. Like, how much does it cost? Paperback of the book. The costs. hardcover is forty four dollars. Yeah. That cuts how much it costs to buy. Also for the movie, it's eleven dollars to rent. The movie you buy, it's $40? There's a book version that came out first, and then they made a movie of the book. But how much is the movie? $40. Yo. These guys are going to- It's number six this week. This is the book that I have up. The book is on the Amazon charts. It was also number one at one point, too. So the book is number six, and it was number one. And this video is number what? Did they uh, tell you how many people were watching the video? I, don't, I just clicked whatever was on Google and it took me to the book. Does know. Amazon have like a, a thing where they let you see like how many views it's getting? No, I don't think so. Hmm. Well, I guarantee it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's the so question. So they're selling it. Yeah. So Amazon must get a piece of that? How does that work? 
how does it Amazon work? Amazon like, gets a piece of it. So it's like a percentage thing, like Apple Store, like that kind yeah. of deal? Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, yeah. Wow. They're getting their mark. It's like any, it's not even, it's a distribution fee. Mm. Whatever. Now, all right, so here's the question. Here's the question. What do we do? So with myth and misinformation, how do we, do you think we just have to be open, like a, something of a free-for-all? Whether it not whether that's misinformation, uh, Holocaust denial, right? Just as like a thing, because mm-hmm. this is the thing that Zuckerberg said. If somebody posted Holocaust denial on Facebook, he he'd accept it, and then a couple years later, he was like, you know, <laughs> I've had a change of heart. Yeah. I think I would try to get rid of it. Do we do a free for all? And and if that leads to the demise of humanity, so be it. Or do we? Have some mechanism, because that's the that seems to be the argument. Whenever because people go, I don't think I think Alex Jones should be able to say whatever he wants. I think whoever should, can say whatever they want, and then they and and we have to let the chips fall where they may. Because I don't trust any human being to be in charge of this. So we just have to see where this takes us. Because the the there was a thing in in with WhatsApp. For example, uh, owned by Meta, Mark Zuckerberg, and there was a thing. It, there's a lot of misinformation on WhatsApp. They'll just blast people. Num- they'll just blast numbers. And in the Myanmar Civil War, there was a thing. If you look this up, it'd be great because there was a thing where they blasted misinformation, and it a bunch of people went to some location and were slaughtered. It was like a it was a setup basically. Mm. Now, a free speech absolutist would say... A genocide um, incited on Facebook with posts from Myanmar's military. Wow. So that's 2018. Mm. They posed as... Scroll it back up again. They posed as fans of pop stars and national heroes as they flooded Facebook with their hatred. One said Islam was a global threat to Buddhism. Another shared a false story about the rape of a Buddhist woman by a Muslim man. The Facebook posts were not from everyday internet users. Instead, they were from Myanmar military personnel who turned the social network into a tool for ethnic cleansing, according to former military officials, researchers, and civilian officials in the country. That's the problem with, that's another problem with social media, is that there's a very distinct real number, whatever the number is, where those accounts aren't real. So whatever the number is, they For sure. they know that hundreds of thousands of them uh, are fake and come from these Russian troll farms, and there's people that use them to manipulate you with uh, with businesses. And I mean, even Howard Stern was calling for that. Remember, the, there was that video that came out about him. We were saying, "Hey, make a bunch of fake Twitter accounts and and text and tweet to celebrities." That, right, and that's. You know, it's like uh, Donald Rumsfeld said, "That's the cost of living in a free society." Yeah, so, uh, freedom's messy. The question is, the, the you read more of that, people got fucking yeah. thousands of people, Killed. maybe tens of thousands. Yeah, based on fake posts. Yeah, but so what I'm saying is like, there's all sorts of ways people manipulate social media. Be- the fact that you could just communicate to people like instantaneously. It's really magical, pretty amazing. But the problem that comes along with that is that you're you're going to get people manipulating it. And they're going to you're going to get people that could really have a, a great deal of impact 
on the way people th- see and think about things. And you could do that for your own best interest, or you could do that like they did it and slaughter a bunch of people. You could do that to try to make people uh, aware of a situation, to sell a product, to do it. But the the bottom line or is- Or say elections were stolen. It's or, not yeah. people. Yeah. And you could say it in a Trump room, or you can go to the Democrats and argue with them about mm-hmm. it, and you stir up shit. Yeah. And it's not real people. That's the thing that's fucked, is like- if, if, if I know you're a human being and you're trolling, that's one thing. Oh, that guy's a troll. But at least I can identify you. That's a, the one human being. I know who he is. If you're a part of some Macedonia troll farm and you're just spamming in multiple they're, different accounts. They're, ter- they're real people, though. Yeah, but if you are doing it for a very specific purpose, you work for a company that's doing that. Like. That, you just want to fuck with them with with whatever country's election or whatever right. country with, yeah whatever with everything that happens with democracy itself but how, what is the percentage of that i want to know what the number is cuz if the number really is like people have thought that the number on twitter could be as low as 5% or some crazy people think it might be as high as 80% what was that argument that was by a guy who was some sort of um, securities expert correct and he said like the on the high end he think there it might be like 80% bullshit accounts yeah okay so that's Which that's the world yeah what do we do charge eight bucks that's what Elon's gonna do <laughs> <laughs> if you that's make people pay eight bucks, like, God damn it that might be the only way you can get people to not have fake accounts but they would still have fake accounts yeah they they're gonna they're gonna game it what I'm saying is very valuable right if you if you did have an account if it only cost you eight bucks to create a whole new account and you use that account for propaganda and you could money well spent incredibly well spent you could do a lot of a lot of stuff with that money yeah it's but what I'm saying is King Joe what do you do? How do you like? What do you do? What do you do about Alex saying that the that there were crisis actors? What do you do about g- people exercising free speech that's not true? How, what do you do? That's the question. thing that I do. You can't, counter uh, it with truth. And do you let it all play out until people get a chance to understand what's correct and what's incorrect? I think a lot of times it's too late. Myanmar would be an example by the time they realize that it's too late. That seems particularly different because they they use that app to to spam people. Yeah, but I I think that... Or or Alex does the... You know, Alex says that they're crisis actors in in Connecticut and then those families' lives are ruined three times worse than they would have been ruined their kids you know what i mean it's i i it's a good question i and that's what i'm saying like as a person as i don't know how to handle these things i and thinking about it i'm like i have no fucking idea no i don't think anybody does and there's there's free speech absolutists and you know, there's people that are willing to forgive people for past mistakes, and there's people that'll never forgive you for anything, and they want you punished and removed from the air if you made a mistake, or if you say something incorrect, or if you, you know, you give out misinformation. They're they're talking about malinformation now, which is really wild. It's like using intentionally true, bad true information, but using it in out of context, or using it in a context that could be uh, dangerous. 
I, well, all the, I, I don't even I don't even need to look at it. I think what I'm do you do? I just don't know what I'm to not, do. I'm not bullshitting when I say the read minds thing is our way out of this. I really think that. I think we we really are not going to know what the fuck people mean or think or feel or what their motives are. You, do you know how many relationships are going to fall apart once we can read minds? When Most of them. Can, so many people are going to like know like people's like secret feelings about them or know their intentions or know that they have like a plan to like stay with you for seven years and then take you to the cleaners. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. but that's the, in, until that happens, that sounds like 40 years. Uh, what <laughs> yeah. do we do about? We let people sort it out. I, but we I don't, have anybody I'm kind of that, of yeah. the mind that people can't be trusted to sort it out. Um, we're not, we're not. It's too many inputs. I have to pee so bad yeah. that I, I can't concentrate on this conversation. But we'll come right back to uh, yeah, it. Yeah. Whether or not people can fucking handle it. We'll yeah. Right back. Ah, <sighs> oh, yeah. Couldn't concentrate. That I can't hold this pee in any longer. Yeah, like this. Where the fuck? I can't listen to this it's guy. Such a narrow bandwidth of your, yeah. your fucking focus. <laughs> you can't form sentences anymore. Um, whether or not people can handle it, they, we're kind of handling it. This is like an unprecedented influx of information, and people are kind of handling it. You know, what the one thing they're doing is they're distrusting corporate news sources that have been lying to them over and over and over again. What's you're filling that void, though? Independent news sources. Independent news sources where people know that these people are telling you the truth. They're telling you what they really feel. They're not influenced by any network executives. Like people like Breaking Points with uh, Crystal and Sager and, you know, the Jimmy Dore show. There's, there's quite a few shows that are doing very well during this time. because Wouldn't you argue they you don't all agree have their own them, biases, though? Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. For sure. But I was going to say, even if you don't agree with them, they don't lie. They, they, don't, they don't distribute propaganda. Mm -hmm. They don't lie. And what they're what they're putting out is even if it's their opinion and you disagree with it, it at least they're not lying about any facts. They might not be correct. Right. Well, that's what I'm time. saying. It's like it might be misinformed. It might be well, biased. Well, it's like you could find multiple studies that give you different data points on on certain things. Right. There's there's studies. If you want to look, you could find a study that says this. If you want to look, you can find a study that opposes that. It's so it's like how much research have they actually done into each individual subject and do you agree with their conclusions? There's always that. But they're not liars. And everyone on TV is a fucking liar. Like they're paid to lie. Like you see it over and over again. The way they're – like that famous speech where Rachel Maddow is saying if you get vaccinated, the virus stops with you. You can't give it to anyone else. She's literally saying medical misinformation on television. Right. And she's saying it to convince you to do a medical procedure. She's not a fucking doctor. No, I would. I would argue she's just being hopeful. I don't. But I, I don't believe. I don't believe yeah. so. No, I believe they are. Well, for sure, they know that the government was encouraging people to do this, and that they were contacting people on different shows and encouraging yeah. them to promote the vaccine. Yeah. So she's doing this in a way that's just not true at all, and. When you see I wouldn't, that, I would argue it's not that. not true at all. But I, I, it's certainly biased. Fucking. How would you argue that it, it is true in any way? The vaccine doesn't stop transmission, and it doesn't stop you from getting infected. Did she believe? Did she believe that at the time? 
Do you she think that she knew? It. She could have believed but it. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that no, she's willfully lying. You, they did tell you in the beginning that it would do that. Right. That's what I'm That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think she's lying. But they, I think that she's. Whoever came up with that data knew that wasn't true. They're admitting oh, that I, they I, never I, even yeah. tested I'm it. I'm with you that there's a lot of, like, hopeful. You see what's like Did you see the conversation research. where that woman was having with the. So a Pfizer CEO, where they asked her whether or not they tested it to prevent infection. And she said they didn't. Yeah. So to even say that, like someone had to tell Rachel Maddow. Maybe she's not lying. But someone had to tell her something that's absolutely not true. What I'm talking about. So So, that's my point. That's why they don't listen to them anymore. I get get it. I really get that. People are engaging with independent people, whether it's Glenn Greenwald or Matt Taibbi, independent journalists that will tell you what they really feel about things. And that is what's emerging from this confusion that's promising to me. I that's going to have its own pitfalls, though, which is it's just a different bias. There's no solution. <laughs> I know that's, that's Thomas Sowell. There's no solution, only trade-offs. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, and that's the thing of like I, I, I understand the disgust, frustration with mainstream media. Like yeah. I fucking get it. I think it's valuable, but I get the no. There's something valuable about the New York Times. There's something valuable about the Washington Post. But the more times they fuck things up and get things wrong, distort things, the more that value decreases. I totally like the agree. The price that they pay completely for being agree. biased and being woke and all the horse shit that they say, when they know it's like at least partially inaccurate, when they do that, it diminishes their value as the most important news sources in the world. Total agreement. And they still do it. They still do it because it's part of the culture. Yeah, the culture. human error. Yeah, it's human yeah. bias human and bias. fucking yeah. It's just and that's gonna... where, whether it's Jimmy or Jimmy Dore or, or Glenn Greenwald or any of these people, they all have biases. It, yeah, they all have biases, and it's uh, it's less of a. I don't know what the what their uh, system is for verification or you know what I mean or like lawsuits well, or. I think. It's going to ultimately come down to people are going to emerge out of this that are trusted voices. And you can be a trusted voice and, and you could be successful and be a trusted voice. Just I never think sell yourself you're, out. I think, I'm, I think you are one. Thank you. I try. I try really hard. Um, I'm, I'm never going to just go on here and tell people something. I always I know say about you, you are not a liar. It's not. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for you. It's not good for anybody. There's no benefit in it. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help anybody. Um, I feel like that's what's going to emerge. These people that are like real independent journalists who adhere very closely to the, the, the ethics of journalism. And a lot of them get fucking torn apart for it. Like Alex Berenson sued Twitter, got back on. I mean, that's wild. Right, sued Twitter because they were saying what you were saying is misinformation for COVID misinformation. Everything he said was from peer-reviewed studies, mm-hmm. all of it, yeah. all the data, all yeah. the things he was saying. He's reporting on things in a way that's factually inaccurate. It's accurate. It's accurate. And they kicked him off, and then they had to put him back on because of that. Those guys are valuable because if they're not doing that, who's doing that? And you might not agree with him, and you might say you are causing vaccine hesitancy, and you're causing people to not think this is a dangerous virus. You might be correct. You might be correct that that influences some people in some way. 
in that way. It didn't influence me in that way. It would influence me in a way where I'm like, ooh, this is very strange that I'm getting all this information from this one guy. And why is this? This seems to be available like this should be on NBC. This should be yeah. on CBS. Everybody should be talking about this. But they're not. So they have a very specific narrative when it comes to this thing where they're not trusting that you can make good decisions. They want to guide you in a very specific direction. When people feel like they're being guided because of ideology or because of a corporation or multiple corporations that are behind the advertising for that show, which is most certainly the case on television, they get suspicious. They don't want to listen to you anymore. Right. They'll take some information like, oh, look, there's a bomb went off over there. There it is. I see it on TV. But not, these talking heads and the people that are yeah. like, they're not, they're worthless. There's, yeah. I was watching Tim Pool's show where they were talking about Don Lemon's show that in the key demographic it got 70,000 viewers. Mm -hmm. You know how insane that is? That's a, such an insanely yeah. small number. Podcast. It's like not a great podcast. It's, no. It's like a new podcast from a guy who <laughs> is a doorman at the store. <laughs> it's, but that, that's the world we're living in, man. You, you, you tr meanwhile, when Tim Pool's show was on, they had more than that watching. Right. Live. No, what I would, I would just say, like, I hope people are aware that there's trade-offs because they're they're the thing that the argument for the post and the times and, and legacy media is while biased it was uh there was a level of stability to it yeah and but it feels paternalistic or it feels like people don't want to be guided like you said but it's fucking society civilization there's gonna be some thing and there is at this point there, there's going to be some mechanism of guidance whether it's the government the church media right right like i think people do need some sort of what i call moral scaffolding mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons why i'm not anti-religious at all even though i'm not particularly religious i i feel the same i i it there's when people go religion is the cause of all wars mm. it also the cause of, a, of of most people not punching people in the face i have a feeling people would have found a reason to start those wars without religion I just have a feeling. I think people say, you know, Christianity has done some horrible things. I think so, yes. But also, if they weren't Christians, they probably would have done yeah, the same shit. Yeah, they would have been shit. like, I think fucking it's fucking a shoes. human yeah. thing. Yeah, I think agreed. it's a human thing, especially back in the day, man, when life was brutal and horrible yep. and everybody had syphilis. Yep. You killed each other with swords. People were fucking mm -hmm. ruthless. Mm -hmm. And you could blame it on a religion, but I think what the thing about having some sort of a structure— and most importantly, moral and ethical, like the way you treat each other, the way you talk to each other, like, you know, what you're trying to do in life. I know a lot of Christians that are like the nicest people. If they're real Christians, if they're like real practicing, believing, Christians, you, some you of the most charitable. name any religion. And yes, I and yes. it's I know a lot of people exactly. that are. Yeah. I was about to say that, too. I know the same about Jews. I know the same about Muslims. I know the same about Mormons are some of the nicest fucking some people of the I've greats. ever met. Yep. They're the nicest yep. fucking people. And they're the wackiest religion. Yep. Like, it's, but they're the nicest folks. Like, maybe it's good for them to have a structure, you know? And I think people without structures find structures in places where they don't think it's a structure. And I think that's what wokeism is. I think it's, I, Yeah. And I also think the religion, atheism's on the rise in the last 30, 40 years yeah. because the the institutions were flawed well, and you, people go well fuck god okay yeah or fuck the dumb priests who fuck the kids you know what i mean yeah. like it's it's so it's damning institute and to use the metaphor institutional media that is a 
stabilizing force. Uh, uh, a lot of what's in the New York Times is 100% factually correct. You know what I mean? A lot of it is. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of it's fucking absolutely factually correct. Washington Post, Guardian, I go down the line. And also a lot of the stuff that Glenn Greenwald says is yeah. absolutely factually correct. Yeah. Like, I don't damn Glenn and I don't damn them. And I, the, but I'm not sure how confident I am that people can make these decisions on their own. Well, that's the thing. It's like we always want to assume that we're a lot smarter than the other people. So we're worried about other people getting influenced by shit that's not correct. And the moment I start to make an argument against that, I think about QAnon. <laughs> I <laughs> Say no more. I know. There's a new Q drop. Oh, my God. They restarted it. It's, yeah. It's like when they rebooted the Equalizer. It's back. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's People so can't funny. wait. It's back, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Q's back. He's back. Oh and he's wearing, he's got a funny outfit this time. Bro, went all the way up to Michael Flynn. Like, Michael Flynn, who was like, what was his uh, official role in the military? He, he was, was a general, correct? Yeah, he was as high time. as you can get. He was a full He was going to be guy. the national head of national security. Yeah, former national security advisor. Of the US. Did you um, watch Into the Storm, the I QAnon documentary? I didn't like the style of it. What? I didn't like the, I, so then I decided that I was going to go to, like, I just didn't, because it felt, I knew it was going to end up in just, like, nothing. You didn't like the narration of the way the guy's telling yeah. his story? Of, yeah. Like, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And I thought the, well, because I'm, I'm fascinated by internet characters. I'm fascinated by those people that, like, spend all of their time online and forums and do I like, like when that. they move to Thailand. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God, that guy, the, the the guy who most likely took it over from the first guy. Uh -huh. Remember they visit the first guy? Did you watch that? I watched, how much, I probably how watched an watch hour him? or two. Okay. They found the guy who they assume is the first guy, and he's very skeptical of the new Q for some reason. Oh, and of the course. New, the new Q boots on, the new Q, that's not the guy though. That's not the original guy that did it. That's a guy that came along. Um, that's the guy that took it over, and his dad, the, the dad, is the guy to the left. They're fucking characters, man. Yeah, hilarious characters. But they were, they were fucking like high level trolling people, in a way that one of the posts that was made, the only way someone could get access to it, like it was when the the forum got shut down. So the forum comes back up and this post is up there. Like, how the fuck does this guy have access to it before everybody else? Unless yeah. he's this kid who's running yeah. the forum. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And, and it's it, fucking. It influenced giant swaths of yes. people. Yes. And January 6th. It's just like Dude. all this shit. You got light and just, and you get someone that can benefit from it. A human actor, a, a malicious human actor, and it can create huge problems huge deaths huge like right well and if you watch the january 6th stuff you know the story about the guy who was most likely some sort of a government agent who's trying to talk people into going in he's out there we got to go in there i don't give a fuck what happens we got to go in there and the, what is this not the guy's name ray something he's they've ray epps they've found him they they know who the guy is he's facing no charges no consequences, and they grill the FBI about this guy. I forget who it was, was it Ted Cruz grills the FBI this guy, uh, about this guy and won't answer any questions, won't, won't answer yes or no whether or not he was an agent, whether he's involved with them, whether he had anything to do with them, nothing. Right. And this guy's just trying to tell people to go inside, 
and no charges. Yeah, again, so this, conspiracy so, on conspiracy ima- on a conspiracy. But, but imagine that it's okay for you take a bunch of people who are obviously easily influenced. Mm-hmm. I would argue that's most people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that's the cult thing we were talking about yes. earlier. This is another cult. That, that That's a cult, too. The, the, the Order. Fucking, people need it. The vote Crave was it. rigged. That's a cult. Yep. The fucking storm the Capitol. That's a cult. So these people are out there, and you get a guy who's like this big, brawny, powerful, fucking manly-looking man, this government agent guy. He's telling, we got to fucking go in there. And you're like, yeah, we got to go in there. And you, you go in there because this guy tells you to go in there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then there's, there's also, like, when the cops open the gates. Did you see that? No. There's video of cops just opening the gates and letting these people storm past the gates. Like, why Oh, you... yeah, there was a lot of like cops just being like, yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Why do you right. have gates? Why do you have gates if someone can just open the gate and a cop opens the gate? Like, right, because right. they're, they're underarmed. Right. They're, the, 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 the insurgents are overarmed, uh, and the cops, are they won't send backup. They couldn't, I have them didn't have good equipment. Yeah, have them weren't allowed to have good equipment that day. They had to leave it on the bus, just shit like that. So do you think they opened the gate because people were going to go through the gate no matter what? And they wanted uh, to avoid that's that? That's how I interpreted it. Mm. Not, I don't know this pretty... Here's what this reminds me of something. It's the Steve Bannon thing of flooding the zone with shit. What they... So I see it as one conspiracy and then they all run up there and whatever. I have a, an alternate viewpoint. It, I think a lot of cops... Might be on their side. I that of course. Right. I, so I a lot of those cops totally that are there might that. be like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna open yeah, the yeah, gate." Yeah, like you know what? Yeah, this totally is all agree. Right. They totally stole agree. the vote. But the yes, they're misinformed. It, there's so much thing, and then you go, "What about the guy who you?" We get so much information that you know where our brain goes. It's a fucking mistrial. <laughs> I don't even know what to think. I don't even know what to think anymore. When in reality, we kind of know what happened. What percentage of voting do you think is fraud? What percentage of the results? Because it's not zero. I, I, so what's the number? So I I don't know. I mean, they all this the the guy said the last election, the twenty twenty, was the most legit election we've ever well, had. Well, I'm again. I want to be really clear. I'm not questioning any election results. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to say is, for sure. They lie about everything. People lie and steal and manipulate. And if you get 50 fucking states filled with people that are doing, there's got to be someone working there with a Trump sucks Cox tattoo. And, uh, and he's probably handling Human beings ballots. need constant supervision. Constant. Right. So there's, there's a number. So do you think it's like a negligible number? Do you think like how much voter fraud is there? I'm of the mind that it's negligible in that every time I read Again, I'm reading, so who? But I don't. Right. But I've never been in an election where people are like, "I didn't fucking vote for that." I've never been compelled to think that election was rigged. I've always like questioned it. I remember that uh, HBO documentary, "Hacking Democracy," Mm -hmm. where they took these. um, I think they were Diebold. Make sure that's true. I think they were Diebold computers, and they found out that there was a third party uh, ability to enter third party data Mm. that they could utilize and they could affect the outcome. So they ran a study or they ran a test with this machine where they uh, manipulated it and they got different results than they should have gotten. They got results where it favored the client that this this one, Mm -hmm. uh, that this program was 
setup. Probably the do. incumbent. Yeah. yeah, Diebold in Leon County, Florida. So it was a really wild documentary because you realize like this can be a hundred percent can be manipulated. Yeah, and and it's actually designed to be manipulated. There was a thing on sixty minutes a couple of weeks ago. So it's sixty minutes. So it's very like stable, you know, like selling stability. Mm-hmm. But they were explaining, it was all the stuff that. Um, that Trump and all those guys were talking about. I can't remember the name of the company. But they're like, they're not on the internet. We disconnect them from the internet. It's all paper. And right. then they're counted onto a computer that's not connected to anything, or not even a computer, a hard drive or whatever. And then we take the hard drive and you can't, there's no inputs. So that's when I, whenever I see stuff about manipulation or, you know, it's like, I'm like, it seems pretty... And then you see people counting and they're being supervised and it all seems pr- not exactly foolproof because it's the interesting thing is by saying this, I feel like a bitch. Right. Like Do you know you what I mean? Like I'm some naive be, yeah. toady for the government and stability, which is the no, other no, no, thing it does. You're being rational about it. You're right. being rational. But, that's, but the Internet has made rational people seem like bitches and no, like. Only like, fools. Right. Only to fools. Right, but it's a lot of fools. But yeah, but you should be rational about it. And what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Um, the other thing that makes sense is what's interesting about that documentary, Hacking Democracy, <clears throat> that was all about the Bush administration. That was all about the Republicans hacking mm-hmm. the vote because that was, um, I believe, that company was a, a large contributor to the uh, campaign. So I think that was what they were worried. Like the owners of that company had a vested interest in the Republicans winning. And so that was that that was about hacking it and because that's we have to pe- realize this people have always accused people of rigging votes. They've d- they did it in 2016. Since the beginning of voting. Yeah. In so human history. Because it's a natural human inclination to cheat, especially like when it comes to we we know how much money's involved in being president, how much power's involved in being president. Like god damn, there's so many fucking yeah. factors and so many influences. There's so much of an incentive for someone to do something. If you are a person who's very invested in politics, so much so that, so that you're working for a polling place, you know, and you're like really, you know, hardcore one way or another, hardcore right wing, hardcore left wing, if you can get away with shit, I'm sure you're going to do it. But the question is like how many can get away with it and whether or not that actually can affect elections. And like what about provisional ballots? What about people that um, don't have ID? What about people that are here illegally and vote because they feel like that's the trade-off for being able to be allowed into the country? Mm-hmm. That's the the argument about why they're letting so many people into this country. Right. All now, of it's, now it's, all of it's, it's wild. technically backfiring because most immigrants are voting conservative. <laughs> Latinos. <laughs> yeah, Latinos it's are fucking hilarious. People, it's hilarious they man. don't want to hear your bullshit. Yeah. Go to work. Yeah. No, I agree. But that it's interesting to hear yeah. your take on this stuff because- you're a part of it you know what i mean like you're when people talk about the the this sort of whatever dark way like this sort of not legacy media yeah not legacy information streams you're a big part of it and it's funny to hear that you're like i'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else i think everybody is trying to do yeah. that it's just you should be allowed to do that the problem is everybody wants to come to a conclusion when they're not necessarily sure 
it's more convenient to have like a clear conclusion. And there's a problem too when there's a narrative that gets floats around and if you question that narrative like you're a kook or you're a bad person or you're a con conspiracy theorist or you're contributing in some sort of a negative way, like I do not like the idea of forced compliance. I do not like the idea of buying into a narrative. And as soon but as that's I'm asked a new, to do that. But that's a thing that didn't even exist. It like didn't really exist before the internet. The idea, not the idea of force compliance, but just like, I don't know, we just, this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? What like, mean? and then it, it became kind of weaponized of like, you're a sheep and you're, a, it's like, we're me, I say like, I believe most of what's in the New York Times, you sheep ass well, I don't, bitch. I don't necessarily agree with you because even during the Vietnam War, that was an issue. I mean, that was the division of society in the Vietnam Wars. People knew that the Vietnam War was bullshit and they right. knew that they were being fed bullshit by the government and they're, they're sending human bodies over there. To just to go and die. And, yeah, you're absolutely right and, about that. So, and that changed culture in this very radical yeah. way because people just were rejected all of the norms of society. And it's also came about the same time as the introduction of uh, LSD. So people are doing acid and they're tripping and they just want to drop out of society. So that was going on then too. It's it's a it's a normal part of human beings to question the people that have power and to reject. Their it's authority. also funny hearing you talk about it. Is it? It makes you think it's now it's just kind of a different group. The problem is it can't be involved in the dissemination of information. As soon as all that money is involved in information, it can choose what to and what not to talk about. And when you only have an hour, you're only on the show for an hour, it's really easy to conveniently miss some really important stories. It's also inevitable. inevitable. I don't even, because I would say it's not even uh, uh, intentional to fuck with to ignore this it's bias could be it's limitations it certainly could be certainly could be all those things but it also could be political agenda that's possible too and the thing is like you shouldn't be expected to get the news in an hour especially today because you're dealing with the news of eight billion people mm -hmm. simultaneously and you're only hearing the bad stuff you're hearing the bad stuff about typhoons and fucking hurricanes and yeah. a new disease and an animal attack and a lady got ate by a crocodile and you're just never gonna sleep you're never going to sleep. It's coming at you 24-7 all the time, and some of it's bullshit. And you got to figure out what's what and what's not. And, you know, in some ways you can leave that to other people, And but the problem is then some of those people aren't real. And then you find out some of those people are hired government misinformation agents that are designed to push a very specific narrative to get people talking about things online. That's real. Yeah. That fucking guy yelling at January 6th, get in, we need to get in there. That's a real guy. Yeah. Like, you can watch the video. So either he's crazy or yeah. someone paid him to do that. Right. And if someone and paid him to do that. And then who paid him? Was it Russia? Was it China? Right. Yeah, or was but it America? Most, or was it Michael Flynn? Or was it QAnon? Or was it, it's like, yeah. and, and that it's getting, it's that thing of trying to overwhelm people so they just go yeah. like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And then they don't have, they don't prosecute. They don't, yeah. they just go, I don't fucking, it's just too much. It's a mistrial. I don't it's, know. It's if you question things, you're you know the 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 pushback against people questioning things is always odd to me. Like you should question pretty much everything. I mean, there's some things that are just lock solid, absolute, and real. You know, there's science behind them. You can see Hurricane Ian touched down in Florida, did massive devastation and destruction. I'm a denier. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an Ian denier. Right. But do you know what? I mean? But there, it's the it's. You're right. Yes. There's, but there's, you're not automatically a hero for questioning, and you're not automatically a sheep for accepting. One hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. And by the way, some things, 
you probably should just accept because you don't have time to look into everything. And it's also funny, different neighborhoods of the internet value different things. Yeah. You know, like the taxes thing. Well, you know, taxes. There's people that are like, that's what got Wesley Snipes in trouble. Of course. They're, they were telling him, you don't have to pay taxes. It's not even in the fucking constitution. Yeah. Like, oh shit, this is yeah. a loophole. I didn't even know about yeah. this. And then next thing you know, you're in jail. Yeah. You know, like pay your fucking taxes. Like, yeah. if you, even if they're right, even if you're right, just that's one argument you're not going to win. Yeah, but they he didn't think he wasn't going to win. I don't know how he thought he was going to win that. Because there the probably because there isn't a tax, there isn't a law for taxes. The wildest, technically, one. the wildest one is religion. Go on, that they're tax free. Oh, the amount of money impossible. A guy like, like Joel Osteen is raking in tax free. Does yeah. he have to pay any taxes? Does he have to personally pay taxes? How does that work? If the I religion actually have is no idea. Exempt, Find out I if that's true. I believe that your limited salary, if you if the if your church is incorporated, but having churches pay no taxes is wild. But that speaks to stability, where it's like it's the it's cahoots stability. It's yeah. like the the Bill of Rights and the Ten Commandments. <laughs> it, they're not exactly one to one, but it's all kind of the. There's no coincidence there. Where yeah. it's like everything that they, it's another wing of the, it's a, I've, I've used to refer to God as super cop. <sighs> like we can't be yeah. there, but you shall not steal. You shall not, even if there's no right. cameras, don't steal, right, but don't the murder, taxes don't. the thing is nuts because Scientology got it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They, they sued. They sued the federal government and they got tax exempt status. And, uh, you know. That's wild because you know the guy who wrote it. <laughs> like, he, this yeah. is one specific guy who is the not just the most, he's the most prolific author in human history. Mm -hmm. You know that? He published more yeah. works of fiction, but not that. That was all real. No, no, that no. I mean, that, that's look, all real. Guys got to take the day off. And they get no taxes. It's pretty wild. I mean, if you're like a small Lutheran church and you, you know, you serve the community and you put on charities and do a bunch of great things and you're like a real asset yeah. to the community, there's a lot of those churches and they should be tax exempt. I don't, other than like the Sea Org slave shit, I don't care about Scientology. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. I don't think that they're, they charge for classes. I don't know. They, they kind of make you give them a tithe at churches. Seems like it's working out for Tom Cruise. It's working out for a lot of them. Seems so like it's really working out for Tom Cruise. That's why I'm saying like, I don't care. Just don't put people's, don't slave people. Yeah, don't do that. Don't kidnap Kelly Miscavige and all that yeah, shit. But like the rest of it, I don't care about. The rest right. of it's not any different to me than any other religion. It seems like it's real similar to what goes on in a lot of religions in a sense, because there's a lot of religions that force people to work as missionaries. And there's a lot of religions that, you know, ask things of people and you have to tithe 10% mm -hmm. and, and have kids and yeah, don't use birth control. Oh, I'm yeah. like, that's pretty significant. Yeah, it's very significant. Yeah. Yeah. And Punish there's a, gay people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff in religions that we just accept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't you say that, um, I think you said this, that when you had a psychedelic experience, you kind of stopped being an atheist? Yeah, I was, I was an atheist. And then ayahuasca journey number four. No, journey number three. Oh, I'm in the presence of God. Mm. I'm just in it now. And it's not, they, I mean, again, this is what I experienced. So it's not true or false, but. Um, it's a that's a central creation force that I experienced. 
there was, you know, it didn't say, it didn't have any rules or laws or. Did you get a sense of what this whole thing is supposed to be? Like, what are we doing? Like, if if there's a central creation force and you interact with it, like, what is it, what does it want? What it, does it want from us? And what is it doing with like life? I my experience. This was from the Bufo, not ayahuasca, which I is amazing. Bufo is just too rough for me. Uh, I I was drowning on incomprehensibility. I don't think it's comprehensible mm. what the purpose is. My that's my experience. I don't. I didn't even get love from it. Mm. I didn't get hate. I didn't get venom. Yeah, I just got indifference. I just, just got like super powerful, just power force. Yeah, just force. It felt magnetic in a weird way. So is Bufo five methoxy? Yeah, it's five. It's yeah, five meo. Yeah, yeah. That is a very different feeling. That's a very different uh, experience. That 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 one, I really thought I was gone. I thought I I died. I mean, it, dude. I didn't even when I was here last time. I wasn't totally yeah recovered. I feel like there's some sort of trend, um, in life and in, in in the cosmos of things getting more complex. And, you know, I'm not the first person to ever point this out either. Um, but with human beings in particular, everything is about technological innovation and things becoming more and more complex and information being more and more accessible and being more and more connected with each other. It seems like a really, really obvious trend. And if you play that trend out, you know, a thousand years, a hundred thousand years, a million years, like where, where is that going? And is that going on all over the universe? And is that what God's doing? Is God all about this constant state of improvement that it goes on forever until you reach like literally like a God-like being? Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing with, with, uh, I, uh, I had a few kind of rapture experience like ish rapture ish i just get the feeling that if if like when if there was a rapture or whatever i just think people would go wow this was we fucking were really worried about the wrong shit <laughs> for sure <laughs> like beyond even our comprehend like Beyond our, beyond, so far past what we were like, not even worried about uh, fucking or war or any of that stuff. It's like, dude, it's just about this energy yeah. field that I couldn't make heads or tails of in terms of like we're supposed to. Well, if you think of amoebas, if you think of single-celled organisms, they eventually become multi-celled organisms. They they develop the ability to move around. And they, they come on shore and they evolve and change. And this goes on forever and ever and ever. And then one day in 2022, they're us. That's what we are. We're the most advanced form that we're aware of, of that thing. Mm -hmm. If that keeps going, maybe that is what creates the universe itself. Maybe the universe is making itself through us. We're just in this amoeba stage. And we can't even comprehend it. To us, it's like, what are you talking about? We're going to change the world? Like, imagine an amoeba being born in the bottom of a volcano silo, you know, in the bottom of the ocean. Somebody I was, felt like an amoeba on, on 5MEO. Yeah. Well, you basically probably are. I think we probably all are a version of that in comparison to this ultimate thing that we're going to become. If, if we do keep evolving, if, if evolution is a real thing, and it did go from single-celled organisms to what we see now in human beings, 
if you just keep going, that should that should get to some place of impossible energy and power and maybe the universe itself. Like maybe that's what it's made out of. Maybe that's how we make things like stars and, and maybe the universe itself is born out of this. And we're just this really tiny stage, this amoeba-like stage that will ultimately become the God force of the universe. Maybe that's our ultimate transition between a physical being into this thing of energy and love and light and power and and in indifference in, in many ways to our own plights because it's it's necessary to achieve this purpose like all of our bullshit and maybe all of our struggles and maybe all of our debates about things and trying to figure out what's white and what's wrong and whose philosophy is correct and whose behavior is correct maybe all of that is just trying to get us to that ultimate stage where we're going to be. And that's what happens everywhere in the universe. That's the universe creating itself everywhere, all over the place. When things get, and they have a certain amount of troubles that they have to deal with, whether it's tribal invasions or super volcanoes, and figure it out, get to a point where you can become the next thing. Yeah. And then on and on and on and on and on forever. Yeah. I mean, that's, I would, it, my especially my Emmy, my five Emmyo experience was about having no sense of order whatsoever. Mm. Meaning I was an amoeba. I didn't know what breathing was. I didn't know what direction was. I didn't know what sight was. I didn't know fucking anything. Yeah. And I was, I was drowning on, I don't know any, I don't know what a thought is. It was really incredibly difficult. Like it's hard beyond. And so, that's what I've come away from. One of the things I've come away with, from it with is is this sense of like we're just trying to order things more than anything. Like that's our number one sort of human priority because it's like the best way to survive. Yeah. And I feel like we're ordering for the wrong stuff a lot of the time, but it's inevitable. Well, we're working it out. That's what we're doing. The the human animal is like working out in this new territory. That mm-hmm. we're dealing with, with the internet and with the connection that we have now and the, the awareness that we have to our the, the, all the potential dangers of the world and the cosmos. And like we're, we're constantly being inundated with new threats. Mm-hmm. You know, and the economy is collapsing, the fucking global warming, Jesus yeah. Christ, and yeah. overpopulation. And it's like never ends. And it's constantly like getting into your mind. And I think that's a stressor and a test. And I think the the human animal has to figure out how to navigate this world and become better at it. And then as it evolves and changes and grows, it's eventually going to be normal. And it's not normal for us because we grew up without it. We grew up with no internet. Yeah. Like regular, like animal people. They're animals. (laughs) Yeah. But I I think that even the internet's ordered for the wrong thing. It's ordered for power. It's ordered for money. It's It's ordered for? Ordered for. It's like... It's it? set up for Facebook, Twitter, yeah. these big, you know, because that's kind of how market, how our market capitalism works. So it's just ordered for the fucking wrong thing because there's more, there's more juice and power, money, all that stuff than there is in really anything else. And well, we're set up for it. There definitely is a problem with these giant companies that have massive amounts of control over discourse and they can decide what you can read and not read they can decide things or disinformation that turn out to be fact 
like the Hunter Biden laptop story mm-hmm. that they suppressed off of Twitter. That's wild shit when you do that. That is really wild shit because you're deciding you you know better. You're you know what people deserve to read and not to read. Like you're just dis- you're not just disseminating information. <laughs> well, it's, it's the thing I'm talking about. It's stability. It's yeah. like they're lie. It's like uh, unfortunately the best analogy is parenting. Where it's they're lying for a reason. Right, like telling you about Santa Claus. Noble so lying. Yeah. So it's like... Noble lying. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, it's like... It's it's noble lying, so they felt like they got a lot of disinformation in 2016, so then in 2020 they overcompensate. It's also... You ever see the people that are making these decisions? Like, you know, this Project Veritas has like done a lot of like undercover journalism mm-hmm. where they re- record these people. These people are normal people. Of course they shouldn't have that people. kind of power. A lot of them are in their 30s and shit. They're telling you what well, they no, do. Well, that's what I'm saying. But I don't, we all shouldn't agree kind of power. who shouldn't, yeah. but no one has an idea of who should. Well, t- Elon, uh, look, I think banning people for using his picture uh-huh. as, as a parody and saying uh-huh. he likes to drink his own pee, uh-huh. not a good look for all this free speech stuff. Uh-huh. But the idea behind the free speech, uh, like absolutist uh, mentality, is that there's no place where people can have these discussions and exchange these ideas without there being extreme bias uh, from for one political party and about how that's dangerous for democracy. Yeah, I think he's right about that. I agree. Yeah, in theory, yeah, but then and but, then, but it ends up just being a bunch of people yelling the N word. But but there's got to be a way to. St- to stop that from happening and one way might be to make people subscribe if you make people pay for it you're going to get way less people that are having like fake accounts that they just use to fuck with people but gonna, and you, you said earlier money well is. spent yes but if, if you verify, tr- if you want to if you verify it like right. say if your twitter account is neil brennan and it's tied to your passport yeah. and it's tied to your social security number passport. and you can't use another one <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> then they got you. joe yeah, like that—that's the it's it's a fun it's the thing where they said the the definition of uh, the Supreme Court's definition of of pornography is I don't I know it when I see it. Yeah, that's not a good definition, guy. I know it when no, I come I in my pants. Yeah, exactly. Like I know when I see it. It's like that's not a fucking yeah. trackable definition, if and I'm that's not also hard, it's not real. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing with even with free speech is like. They're so, it's like a multi-tentacled, it's an octopus with fucking 132 tentacles and yeah, like it is. <laughs> ah, it's contradictions and yeah, yep. but yeah, but, and yep. you're like, yeah, this yep. is, I, I don't know the solution. Yeah, there, I don't think there's a clear solution and I think that's part of the work that we have to do. We have to work things through and figure things out. And I think that people that you can count on to tell you the truth are very important. I think more of those will emerge. And I think that'll replace these corporate controlled things as long as they can stay actually independent. Because that's one of the things that happens to politicians where politicians are all about for the people and then they get in there and then you got to play ball. You got to play ball. This is the game. Yeah, everybody has to kind of play ball. You won't. You I mean, in some ways, it's like you wouldn't have had to do that if you were not on Spotify. You wouldn't have had to make those videos. No, I wouldn't have to talk to Neil Young. But, yeah. you know, the reason why I did that Neil Young one in particular, because I wanted to tell that story about how yeah. I quit my job as a security guard because of a Neil Young concert. Yeah, life's long. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those unintended consequences. But uh, I also understand why they're scared. My fucking parents were scared, too. You know, and I encouraged them to get vaccinated. They, they were scared of it, and they should be. 
and they should also get vaccinated. It, it helped them. I'm sure it helped them. And then when they got COVID, I had them treated. I, t- I took care of them. I got them vitamins and IV, IV uh, monoclonal antibodies and all that stuff. You can, you, you know, got it, you got them, sure you got them some on it stuff. Got them some on it stuff. <laughs> well, you know, they, they were concerned and everyone who's fucking 70 years old should be concerned. That's scary shit. Man. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the, the problem is that information itself is, it's so hard to get a 100% answer on anything on complex. anything what like the climate this is a big we had a climate guy in yesterday that says yes the climate's bad but there's a lot of things that are worse and you know everyone's kind of overreacting to this we're being very myopic in our viewpoint and we really need to look at this in terms of like there's a lot of problems that we could we could create a lot less death and a lot less suffering in the world we focused on them and there's also solutions that are you know, being implemented that they think is going to mitigate the effects of climate change. So it's this, this conversation is like so long and so complex, and most people don't have the time to sort through it. And mm-hmm. if you do, you don't have an expert to talk to, so then yeah. you're, you're forced to go just try to read shit online. So what do you do? You go to MSNBC. They say we're all going to die in 12 years. Like, okay. We're all going to die in 12 yeah. years. AOC says we're fucked. We must be fucked. Right. And then that's your opinion. And right. then you argue that at the pub and you fucking argue that at work when, you know, there's the fucking the guy with the Trump hat. Yeah. And it. again, yeah. we have finite amount of time. You don't have and enough a time finite to, amount, you know, amount of resources to and like yeah. do my own. Re- I don't. I Who's got time, I don't have that time for this? There are too many important things. Yeah. And too small amount of time. Right. And if you have kids, then cut that time in half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then you have, uh, if you have family members that you're close to and you're helping them out with things and then you, yeah, have you got no friends time. that have problems, you have calls you have to make, mm-hmm. you know, where's your time? Well, yeah. How do you have the time to go research whether or not QAnon's real? Like, how do you have the right. fucking time? Yeah. And you're also <sighs> assuming that people are, it's a good faith trust in people. You know what I mean? You don't assume that the guy going, going to the Capitol is... And it's some yeah. fucking op. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially if you're so silly that you're there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you're so how silly. How silly are you? There. On a scale of January 6th. Bro, here's how silly it was to storm the Capitol. Alex Jones was out there telling people don't go inside. Wow. He was out there with a bullhorn. Don't go inside. It's a trap. Don't go inside. And they all like, and they all figured as long as there's a bunch of them, they're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. Meanwhile, all of them are fucked. Those people are doing hard time. All of them are fucked. Great. You can't do that. Nope. You can't do that. You can't storm the fucking Capitol and bust through the doors because you think you're right. Right. And by the way, all the Republicans that think it's cool, it's like, they'd fucking, they were going to kill Ted Cruz. They were, they just, the guy was reading it. If Ted Cruz uh, comes around, he's done. You can't control who's in that group. Of course you can't. You can have a uh, hundred psychos amongst the hundred thousand people. Just takes one. Just takes one. Yep. One with a gun, and there's yep. people with guns. And so then you also have uh, a, a bunch of people that think it's no big deal, that it's no big deal. It's like it's not. There wasn't an inter- insurrection. It was no. Yeah. That's not a peaceful protest. Nope. Peaceful protest is you stand out there, you you speak your mind, you hold up signs, you say things. Yep. But you don't fucking storm the Capitol. Because no. as soon as you do, okay, well, now you're opening up the door to people to storm the Capitol after you storm the Capitol. Mm-hmm. This was my argument about that fucking thing they were doing in Seattle, that, that you know, the, that zone the zone, that yeah. they had where they took yeah. over these businesses. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now you did it with force. 
The problem is you're going to institute this beautiful utopia in the middle of Seattle in buildings you don't own that you took over through force. So what the fuck is going to stop you from... How are you going to protect yourself from a bigger group? A more well, yeah, powerful you've group endorsed that takes force. It. You've endorsed force. Yeah. You, just, you think you've done it for the right reasons because you're a good person. Because yeah. your ideology is correct. My force is benevolent. Exactly. They stole the vote. We're going yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that. Yep. You just can't do that. Yeah. But if someone was instigating them, that changes everything. That's the weird thing they're allowed to do. They're allowed to find someone, manipulate them, get them to do a crime. That's not even a real crime. And then, like, the one about the guy was uh, in Dallas. He was a 19-year-old kid, very gullible. Manson and, didn't stab anybody. Well, Manson probably did kill one person. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, well, Man- but, like, the- that's a, Manson's a long one. We yeah. get into Manson. <laughs> but, <laughs> we know that's another podcast. This kid was a 19-year-old kid. They talked him into igniting a bomb with a cell phone. It wasn't a real bomb. They gave him the bomb. They talked him the into FBI the plan. The FBI mostly talks people into shit. But this is a wild one. This yeah. guy's in jail forever, right? And they, they gave him the cell phone. He did it, and they whoop, whoop. And they just closed in on him and arrested him. There was no bomb. It was a fake bomb. Yep. They completely entrapped him. Yeah. Totally legal. That's that wild. That was a, most of the crime. war on terror was that. But they made a crime. That's what's yeah. wild. Like, the crime didn't exist. It's not like the guy saying, hey, I'm going to go blow up this fucking building. And then they swapped his bomb out for a fake one. And then, you know, it was his plan. This would he be did, an amazing they, TV show that we cannot never make. Right. Well, how about the other one where there was the woman who was the governor of uh, the governor Whitmer? Meg Whitman, yeah. They were going to kidnap yeah. her. Yeah. It turned out like 13 of them were FBI informants. There was like yeah. two was real like dummies. Two. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> 13 feds. Yeah. You ever see the fucking Spider-Man one where the Spider-Man is the like best. pointing at Spider-Man, all the different yeah. like FBI's yeah. pointing yeah, at FBI's? Yeah yeah. 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 That kind of shit is crazy that they can do that. That that's legal. But that's the cost of freedom. That's I, what I'm saying. It's like that's yeah. you but can't you can't govern I got to get out of here. But okay. you can't legislate. I don't know how who the, it, who who Legislates against it's it. It's a really good question. It's a really good question. Like, you can't give the power to the government to decide what's real and what's not real because we know they already lie to us. Like, did you see that Twitter is like fact checking Biden now? Mm-hmm. Which is hilarious. Fine. A lot of the shit he says is not true. Fine. That's great. Yep. So that shows you right there. If the government had full control and they could just tweet whatever they wanted to and not get fact checked, which they kind of have been able to do before, if they do that, and they're the ones in charge of information, and they can say what can and cannot be said, they'll decide in their best interest. That's why you can't give it to people that are in power. And it's it's better, although it's chaotic as fuck, to give it and leave it to the people. It's better. It's better than giving it to people that are in power because all they would have to do is institute some sort of a social credit score system, which would be easy to talk gullible people into doing. And next thing you know, everything is tied into this in terms of what you can do and not do, what you can say and not say. And every time you say something that's out of line, you lose social credit score. Uh Maybe you can't fly. Maybe you can't buy a house. And that's real. And yeah. that's, a, that's why you can't give them access to information, because if you do, they'll limit the amount of information that stops them from in, implementing ideas like this. Yes. And the alternative is terrifying in a different way. <laughs> it's all bad. <laughs> it's all bad, but I think people are going to work it out. I re- I'm optimistic I hope you're that right. we're getting I better hope you're at this. Right. I think we're better at this now than we were just a few years ago. We're better at like seeing bullshit. I think overall, but I think it's a long process because it's a long process that we've gone through in a very short period of time. Like a, the process of information distribution, it's like it's it was it's unprecedented. Press dude. and yeah, whoa, it's this like, is crazy. And then 
the radio and television, and now this. Straight up. Just. Yeah. Straight, and you're just like, it's DMT, basically. Yeah. It's like a psychedelic information age. Yeah. And we're not really totally prepared for it. And we're not really qualified to manage it either. Or so. even built for it. No, not built for it. No. Like, you know, that, that tribal thing of like, you're only supposed to really know like 50 people. Yeah, it's like 150 people. Or is it 150? Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that, and then once Dunbar's number, yeah. And my friend makes my friend Cat always says it's like, yeah. Once we got out of tribes, we've been kind of fucked. Since. We're fucked, yeah. Because the because the value system, it just our the what we're ordering for is just the wrong. We're ordering for more people, more commerce, more, 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 more. Instead of like moderation, protect the tribe. This is about the right amount of people we should have. <laughs> We'll respect the yeah. earth. We'll respect the, but it's just you just need in order. It's just multiple. It's a. It's like a multipliers that are so far out of control. Yeah, and we're not biologically equipped for it. Yeah, we're biologically equipped for dealing with real threats and real problems in our life. Yeah, and real things that are local. Happening. Yeah, local, local stuff. shit. Yeah, stuff that's actually affecting you physically. Yeah, and instead you're just getting inundated. And we're not ready for it. And some people are losing their fucking minds because of it. And the, I, I maintain that the people that are engaging primarily in online discussions, like online tweeting and online Facebooking, they're the people that are really losing their minds the most because it's a super unnatural way to interact with the world. But I, but ironically, I see Glenn, I see Jimmy, I see Matt Tate. I see those guys as the some of the biggest uh, American gladiators in that regard. Which which is a bit of like, a, how do you have the time sure. for all this shit? But I guess that's part of their job, I guess you would say. Part of their job is to interact with these ideas and talk to people because they, they have to develop an online following on these social media platforms in order to get out their work. You know, when yeah, they have it's a just new perverse. It's just perver it's a perverse system of rewards. Yeah, I see like Matt Taibbi arguing with people sometimes and I'm like, dude, <laughs> don't do it. Jimmy's constantly Oh, arguing. he loves it. <laughs> Jimmy Dore loves it though. Yeah. He, well, he's a comic, though, too. I know. You know, he likes fucking around. It's like, uh, the, he's he is funny. He's a unique voice because he's actually a really funny guy. And him and Kurt Metzger together are fucking fantastic. Metzger's one of the greats. He's so fucking funny. And when the two of them are together, it's great because they're mocking this shit, but they're also very informed. Yeah. When he's talking about bills and policies. And yeah. He calls everybody out, the people on the left, the people on the right. He's calling bullshit left and right and right and left. And he's doing it with funny, and that's a that's a unique thing. It's a new, and he's also again not full of shit. He's yeah. not a liar, and you trust him. He might be wrong, you might disagree with him, but he's not going to lie to you. And that's what I'm hopeful about. I'm hopeful that there's more people like them that just keep emerging, and that you're going to get a sense of, you know, what, what what the fuck is really going on. Yeah, I I also think there's something to just having both. Yeah, there's something you to having both. Uh, you know, like this. Not, look, you want real journalism, right? So you want people that are boots on the ground, real journalists, yeah. going, people that are trained, people that are going to give you. And there's a lot of real journalists that are still in a lot of these big publications, and that's what they wanted to do. They don't want to be stars on the internet. They want to go out and do real work, and they, you know, that's their passion. That's a real thing, man. You know, just like there's fucking all sorts of uh, craftspeople out there that do all sorts of things that people have been doing forever. The real journalism is still alive. It's just yeah, I I'd say it's like very alive. It's just if you're controlled by corporations, if it's corporate controlled media, like you have an obligation to that corporation. 
And if they have a mandate, they have an agenda, and you're not playing along, you're not going to find your way moving up the ladder. It's not going to be good for you. I know. I can. It's the what, what do you do? If you're a king, I know you got to get out of here. What time's your flight? 6.20. Oh. Yeah, you better, you better wrap this up. Yeah. But if you could do it, if you could be King Neil. I would get, I would form a jury. A jury? Yeah. Like the like Supreme in, Court? Kind of. Like John, like John Stewart's a good example, right? I remember, I maybe I told him I heard this, but at a certain point, he used to say like, ah, "I'm on after robots. I'm on after battlebots. I'm on." He would just kind of poo-poo that he was an information source, right? And then at a certain point, I think he realized like, "Fuck, all right, this is a bit of a responsibility, and I need." fact checkers mm -hmm. there's a guy who works at the daily show named chods who's like the fact checker guy and he'll go like actually if you're writing anything we'll go like that's not true that's not true that's not true right right and john is a i it's easier for us to say because we know him right like john's a good man he's a good man you know what i mean like we know him he's a good man vibrationally in the room good man ethics morals standards etc cetera, etc cetera, and smart that's one guy <laughs> for the jury. You know what I mean? Like, but right. I, you might not even agree with him. Of that's course not. I know. As an editorial. I agree. I, well, that's the thing. Things. It's like, and I don't know. I I know that there needs to be some sort of human jury. Right. It's just a matter of what are the qualifications. Right. And who gets to be on it? And yeah. you know who appoints them and how long yeah. do they last? Yes. Like the Supreme Court thing is wild. It's the dumbest fucking lifetime. 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 Can you do insane? Can you do something that gets kicked off? Of course, ethics violations. Right? Yep, stuff like that. Payola, payola. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Payola, like whatever. Just some sort of, you know, board. I don't. And and whenever people form these boards, I think they try to form one at Facebook. And I and I remember them. A lot of people like uh, Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher kind of rolling their eyes about like these fucking people. It's like the board. This board is like. Mm. Mm. It's just a hot. These are hotly contested. Yeah, but it and, was going and to be the any, grayest no of who gray, 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 deep gray. Sure, it's all deep gray. I don't think that's going to be the solution. I think the solution, the imperfect solution that we're currently wrestling with, is the one: is let the internet sort it out. Is it just let it get messy? Let it get messy and figure it out over time, and the truth comes to light. You know. Yeah, I just worry that like people will die, and 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 institutions will. It's part of the Parish. process. It's I, part I, of the process. I, I think, don't disagree. It's like when you talk about climate change, I think toward the end of our lives, I'd say, let's, what's 2022? I bet in 2060, a billion people die in a decade from... From climate change. Yeah. Um, I don't know where you pulled that number out of your I, ass. I just, it's I don't round. Think anybody thinks it's that high. But I think uh, well, that... if you think it like border, like uh, migration, mm -hmm. it's just going to be so much migration. And then you saw with COVID, our borders closed. Just shit where it's like, no, you can't come here. Yeah, but a border wasn't. I mean, no, no, our border wasn't. Mean? But Australia's was, China's was. Like certain okay, countries right. would not allow people in, right, right? Right. If there's a bunch of people in Bangladesh move and they have to get to higher land or cooler land oh, or whatever, it gets too hot. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's flooded. Yeah, all there's a lot of problems. 
And this guy, uh, Bjorn Lomberg, his uh, assertion is that what we need to do is take care of all these people economically. And that the people that are dying in these places are people that don't have access to air conditioning, don't mm -hmm. have access to refrigeration. And if we raise them up economically, then you could solve most of those people dying. That was the and, guy yesterday? Yeah. And also, he was talking about tuberculosis, how many people die of tuberculosis, and that we could fix that. It's like something like a million people a year. It's really wild. And that it's mostly poor people, and then why, why aren't we freaking out about that? We freak out about the things that we're conveniently freaking out about, and that that's a real issue well, that we like can malaria. solve. Well, that's like malaria. Malaria kills uh, like uh, you ever go on like charity navigator and send up what the bet most of bang for your buck it's all malaria he mosquito nuts that. mosquito uh, nuts yeah he actually talked about that and he yeah. actually showed the deaths of uh, malaria dying uh dropping down considerably mm -hmm. because of medication mm -hmm. because of uh modern medicine so th there's you know i think his really interesting point is that there's a lot of other things that are really bad that we should be concentrating on as well and we're, we're very narrow-minded in our focus on this. And it, it's, it becomes the cause of the day. And everybody, like, you have to be all on board with this. And if you really wanted to save lives, he's like, there's a lot of other things that we could do and we could implement very quickly and easily and save lives. And we also would probably elevate people economically, which would, in turn, allow them to have measures in, in place to protect them from environmental situations like extreme heat and drought yeah. and things like that. And he thinks it can a lot of it can be done with innovation. It's very complicated. It's also hotly contested. So much of it as you talk about this stuff, so much of it is about persuasion. Yeah. A lot of it is about like, persuasion. Like okay, we wanna try telling American taxpayers that we're gonna send air conditioners to Bangladesh. Well, I think the idea is you bring uh, the, their economy up somehow. And if you bring their economy up, then they can afford things. That's what he's saying. He's saying, like, there's these places that have, like, they're completely economically disenfranchised. And they're fucked and they have no hope. And there's, there's no options. If we created options in those places and helped, you know, were incentivized to help these people, then their, their way of life would improve radically. And as their way of life improves radically and the economy improves radically, you have way less deaths. You have way less deaths from disease, way less deaths from crime, way less deaths from a lot of these things. Yeah. And then... Good point. Uh, yeah, of course. And he was saying How economically you, it's more feasible, it's too. It's very difficult to just... We're going to turn on your economy. Well, no one's saying it's easy. Yeah. And that's yeah. the other thing he was saying. He was like, none of these solutions are easy. But these are other things that we should be constant. If we're, if our concern is quality of life and and raising up people's quality of life and giving them more of a chance to live, making life safer for them, making things easier for them, that he's like, this is a good way to go about doing that. And in turn, it will re greatly reduce the the deaths. And these are all these are preventable deaths, and we can greatly reduce those. And it's a real cause and effect thing like you could actually yeah. get to doing that so if our main concern is loss of life we should really be concerned with that as well that's what he's saying and he's not not saying at all that climate change isn't a problem he's yeah. definitely not saying that it's not caused by man he's like i my also take on this is like it's just a shame do you know what i mean yeah. like i'm not saying like you're not, i'm not hectoring and like you need joe rogan what are you drinking <laughs> that's not sustainable yeah like coffee sustainable what i'm saying it, it is <laughs> uh what i'm saying is like man this is a Fucking shame, because human life, human energy is a precious, great precious. thing. It's precious. And, we have so and, much of it. Yeah, and to the fuck up the earth like this, ah, what a fucking shame.
Well, it's obviously short-sighted, and it's obviously people that started doing things a long time ago that they didn't give a fuck about the future or the other people that had to deal with the consequences, or they didn't realize it was causing Mm -hmm. those consequences. Yeah. He was a little flippant about uh, fracking. I was like, man, like uh, seemed to read a lot about the pollution that's caused by fracking. It seems pretty bad. And he was like, well, relatively speaking, you know, there was a lot of like glass half full. So I guess I I get it's important to hear that position, too. But, uh, yeah, ultimately, it's a fucking shame what we've done to the environment. It's a shame. You know, he's also saying that the a lot of the stuff that's floating in the ocean is not simply like our stuff that washes the shore. He's like, it's these freighter ships just dump their shit in the ocean. Just dump garbage. Yeah. It's like, that's what countries have done. You know, that's how the whole, um, the the Somali pirates, do you know how that all got started? No. They called themselves the People's Coast Guard of Somalia. That's what they originally started calling themselves. I like them. Go on. These Europeans and Russians and all these people from other countries were dumping toxic waste off their shores, Mm. and it killed all their fish. Mm -hmm. They were fishermen. So these people were illegally fishing in their waters. They were dumping toxic waste in their waters and killing their livelihood, and these people were like, what the fuck are we going to do? And so they you know what? Next time we catch a boat that's doing that, we're going to kidnap these motherfuckers, and we're going to demand a ransom because of the damage they've done. And they did that. It was successful. They're like, fuck it. Let's just become kidnappers. Yeah. Well, no. And then they're like, well, fucking, we don't, don't worry about the environment. So it's a fucking kidnap, motherfuckers. Well, they've destroyed the waters over there. Yeah. They've destroyed the waters by dumping toxic waste over there. There's like, who knows what, how much devastation they've caused doing that. Yeah. That's what, but that's what caused them. Our, the narrative that we always got is, oh, Somali pirates, they're, they're taking that cat stuff, which is like some, some crazy, uh, like yeah. amphetamine, natural amphetamine. They're just jacked up on meth. Yeah, yeah. Robbing people. Yeah, that's not what it was. Yeah, so, I believe it. Well, yeah, no, what fishermen. everything starts off great. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. were just fishermen. They were fucked. They were forced into this this life. Yeah, you know. And if if you could go over there and fix the water situation and 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 try to help those people, you'd have way less of that. It's like there's a lot of things that need to be done all over the world, and it's almost too much to pay attention to. You you could get completely. You just lost. have to like kind of pick one. Yeah, is more. It's you just have to major in a thing and then. You know focus what I recommend? I, re- I recommend people watch your Netflix special. It'll be a nice little vacation. Was about an hour of. It's thinking. about hour and two. It's hour and two minutes. Yep, and you can have a nice little a nice break little from va- all the vacation. There's some existential stress in there, but there's some facts. There's some fun. There, there we is. go. Nice artwork. Neil Brennan blocks. You goddamn right. Um, and again, this is like. You're almost like you're doing a one-man show slash stand-ups. So yeah. It's a combination this is of the two heavy. Things. This is 55 minutes of stand-up and then five minutes of just like, sort of, oh, oh. Hmm. <laughs> like it's a little heavy. Oh, uh, yeah. The, and and super heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Why, why did you want Did you just have a vision creatively or is this how it started Because I, I'm pretty good at writing that kind of heavy shit and I'm- I talk about mental health stuff and people like when I talk about it. So um, it just seemed like a use of like things I can do. Like mm. I'm good at that and I'm good at that. Right. So let me just kind of mix them mm. into a, so it's not just, I would say most stand-up shows are like a press conference. Yeah. <laughs> For like an hour. I'm just like, and another thing, <laughs> <laughs> a common press conference. And yeah. just like, this is like a press conference and there's like a little narrative in it. Mm, okay. 
Beautiful. I can't yeah. wait to watch it. Yeah, thanks, You're very, very funny dude, man. Yeah. I always enjoyed watching you at the comedy store. You're one of the few comics that I miss, like, seeing your sets. Yeah, you so. too. It's good to be around you every now and again, though. Thanks, buddy. Good to see um, you, buddy. Neil Brennan, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, check out his Netflix special. All right. Bye, bye everybody. Bye.